on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will be talking to Star Wars Fan Art Award winner Trevor Williams, a.k.a. the One Six Shooter, to learn more about his fandom and his photography skills. After that chat, Matt and Nick will guide you through the latest episode of The Bad Batch, the one with the cowboy guy, to talk about that said guy and speculate what may be in store for him and another famous bounty hunter. They'll clue you in on some upcoming Bad Batch episode titles too, so prepare for some speculation madness for the BB. Matt has some War of the Bounty Hunter story time planned to recap where the miniseries is at to date. And finally, a few Disney Plus content updates will be discussed, and Matt will rant about some of the new toy releases before the duo shift into the fan segment, which will feature fan responses to the question of the week in this week's version of the Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features. Punch it, Chewy! Hey, now, everybody! It is time for a new episode of the Star Wars Time Show. And if you're watching live, which you should be if you're a cool kid, you'll see we have our guest presentation screen up today. That's because we've got one six shooter on the line, a.k.a. Trevor Williams, to uh, just kind of sit and talk with us today, talk Star Wars, talk a little toy photography, but mostly Star Wars, uh, you know, because Mm -hmm. he's a fan just like the rest of us. So, Trevor, it's great to finally have you on the SWTS. I know we've we've tried to do this before. At some point in time, I tried to get Trevor on as a co-host because I know he is a, a capable podcaster and live streamer based on his other uh, projects like the the one six pack that he did with uh, who's that I have Uatu and capes and rifles so it's good to finally mm-hmm. have you on these not heavily listened to airways but at least you're on the SWTS <laughs> for the first time and so so, no, so thank I'm, you I'm I'm used to it with the one six pack so you know, <laughs> yeah you, you yeah you like <laughs> you guys have better audience than we you, have you, you like you like doing shows for no one just like we do but it's because we love what we do right we 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 love these these uh these franchises that we kind of coalesce together over in particular star wars so it, it's good to have you here uh obviously he he knows his star wars he knows his toy collecting he knows his photography uh so i think he's going to bring some great insights to episode 167 where we'll be talking bad batch s1 e8 and the return of the cowboy we've got some updates on the vision series i've got story time for you because i mean the, the war of the bounty hunter comic book run they're they're dropping an issue a week so we, we've got some fun stuff to talk about but first and foremost let's learn a little bit more about trevor and the star wars because Quite frankly, if you're in toy photography, you've probably heard this man on a plethora of other shows. I still contend we were the one of the first to ever do a an interview with toy photography. Then it just kind of caught fire with everyone else and everyone copied us and stole our ideas. But fuck it. That's why we talk Star Wars. So, hey, Trevor, 
I mean, you're, hey, man. you're, 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 you're OT era like myself. So I, I, I typically ask our guests, how long have you been a Star Wars fan? Is this, are, are you lifelong? Are, are you, are you a card? There you go. Right there. Shirt says That's all you got to see. I was actually there May 25th. May 25th, 1977 was my birthday. Oh, wow. I'm wow. not going to say which birthday it was. Um, but as far as I remember it, we went to the drive-in to see Star Wars. Um, I, I think it was on my birthday, but it could have been the day after. So I might be a liar by a day. But um, yeah, back to, ever since then, man, ever since Darth Vader walked into the Tantive, I was like, I'm hooked. I'm in. I'm gold. Wait, was, there any, give me everything. was there anything before that, Trevor? Were there, were there any like fantasy series, other sci-fi? Uh, you know, maybe I know you like you at least like collecting Star Trek. Were, were, were you into that type of stuff before Star Wars or, or was Star Wars the thing that was like little Trevor went, holy shit. I mean, you know, if you were around there, there wasn't much good, you know, before Star Wars in terms of effects and stuff. And if you had any modicum of, you know, taste or knowledge, you'd look at things and go, I mean, it was cool. You know, I mean, like the the. um yeah, Star Trek, but Star Trek was a little heady for me at that age. Like I was really little and it was it was cool and everything. And I would watch it for the lasers. Actually, the cartoon I think I was more into whenever the hell that was. I think that was after Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, actually. But um, I mean, before that, I'm trying to think. Um, I don't even remember sci-fi before Star Wars. And then it all opened everything. Then it was Battlestar Galactica and, you right. know, Buck Rogers stuff on TV. Everything that they could jam down your throat that had anything nearly close to yeah the, I, I guess i guess 2001 would probably be something that predated star wars that looked like it was really in space and it wasn't just you know yeah, miles on incredible. strings like pew 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 look at my little ships flying across exactly, exactly. and i think but i think yeah. that again like my age like now i appreciate that and yeah hugely but um for a kid I don't think there was anything really, really good right. in the way of sci-fi that I can remember um, that kind of appealed to you in a very simple, heroic way that wasn't like really old, like the old, not even sci-fi, like Superman and the 1966 Batman right. and stuff like that that I used to watch religiously. So, so was it was yeah, it was yeah. it the family that kind of was like, hey, little Trevor, you want to go check out this this space movie? No. Or were you like, hey, you guys got to take me to this? It was me because <laughs> back then, um, I think the, the timelines are a little skewed, but I think the comic book came out just, they used to release the book and stuff before the movies. Obviously, Star Wars was the first book, movie, so that of course they released the book to hype up people to go see the movie. But even when, uh, and, I, and I dug these out for you guys today, I don't know, I'm a little delayed here, so, but uh, this is my actual first op. It's got tape on it. It's got ink spots inside and stains and everything. <laughs> but this is the book, man. This is what I read. And I think I saw something, either a commercial or saw a comic or a Starlog magazine, which I also dug out for you guys. Um, Look at this. He even brought show and tell me. stuff. I love it. Oh, I got props, man. I got props. <laughs> um, but I think it was something like that. 
And I was just like, I got to see this. But you had very little to go by back then. It wasn't like you were there weren't five minute trailers like we have right, now. Right. So, so you were you were you was, were kind of the driver of, hey, we, we need to go check this oh, shit yeah. out. It looks pretty rad. And yeah. now yeah. Did, did the people you go with, I'm assuming it was family. Were they like, holy shit, Trevor, you were right. Or at the end, were they like, why did you take us to this thing? Well, so little nothing mattered after I, I started watching it. So I don't even know what the reaction. <laughs> My dad is always kind of like a it's not like a real sci-fi nerd or anything like that. But he enjoyed stuff like that, you know, to the point where people, you know, your average person does. My little brother was with me, but he was really little. So I don't know what he remembers of that. But um, I don't even remember. It was at a drive through with those crappy little speakers that you used to have to put inside the car. It didn't even come through your radio or anything. at the time. It's almost shameful Uh, to think about. But at at that point in time, we will let that slide. We didn't have the THX or these days the, the Dolby Cinema, but uh ah, theaters were they didn't have those giant screens even theaters weren't great right. i mean they were okay but um yeah it's sad that i saw it that way the first time and, I, and we did see it again but again like it was in and out of the theaters and then it came back and uh yeah it was uh it, it was still a great experience i mean by the time you, you went know, to see it what, pajamas? you you went day one and, then right you were there opening night i was pretty much either there on the i think what I've read is that my memory may be off that it was didn't release everywhere until a few days after it released yeah, on yeah. the 25th in like the big theaters. So uh, I may have seen it, you know, yeah, a few just days interested after if you remember, like if you if you're screening like the mania had it hit by that point, you know, where there were there people in, in the driving uh, in the drive ins, you know, with fake lightsabers already or, or homemade oh, robes and all that stuff. <laughs> No, there was nothing. I mean, you know, you know, from the toy uh, right. standpoint, there was nothing. I mean, you got a cardboard cutout if you sent away for, you know, if you bought that. Right, it's like, hey, the, uh, you can get you these, can you can get these yeah. eventually, but they're not here yet. I do. I do remember the old Kenner. I remember the very first thing I got, Star Wars memorabilia, and I could have pulled that out, too, and I probably should have. But um, Wonder Bread used to have Star Wars cards in them. There was like a dozen cards that would come in. a. Can you, I was just thinking about this today. Can you imagine like if there were food that you could open in the store that came with a collectible these days and, and what, how dangerous that would be. Oh yeah. From, like, oh dude, I used to love the, the cereal you know? toys. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, cereal toys used to be one of my favorite things about being alive. Yeah. I remember all the fights with my <laughs> sister of, you know, who was going to be able to cop the toy that particular cereal box uh, exactly. that does seem to have just gone away like it just it just disappeared because i i even remember through the prequel era of releases you could still get light up lightsaber spoons in cereal or, yeah. or you could send away for yeah. plastic plates or a i have a darth yeah. vader cookie jar sitting on my toilet tank right now um but yeah you're you're <laughs> right they, they don't really do that anymore and i wonder why why, why they stopped the giveaways and well, toys I'm thinking about it with the bread like i mean it was literally twist ties i mean if oh yeah if, people just if, if <laughs> yeah just going in and now, right right existed then you'd be getting people digging because that's what i used to do they my mother bring home the wonder bread my arm would go down the wonder bread <laughs> to get the card that it was the bottom thing and i would come yeah. back and it would all be smushed Trevor! and 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who did this? My very first card that I pulled was Tarkin, though, which was kind of a bummer because it's like all you want is Vader or a ship or the yeah, you get the boring guy, the boring old guy. I carried that thing around like it was a piece of gold, man, for days. I just looked at it and looked. At I remember. It. Do you remember the sticker books? Like the you'd, you'd buy the packs of cards and you have to put the stickers in oh, and yeah. make a scene, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I, I love those. I remember those too. So, all right, yep. um, colorful. So if I were a, a betting man, I would bet that your favorite Star Wars movie is probably from the original trilogy. And yeah. are you an, are you yeah. one of these Empire guys or, or do you go off script a bit? <laughs> no, I'm an Empire guy that so Empire. Like, I remember seeing Star Wars in bits and pieces, you know, and the, and the feeling of it as a kid. But Empire Empire, I did go to on my birthday, all I wanted to do. And the problem was that this book came out uh, in uh, probably Barnes and Noble in the mall. And I picked it up. And by that time, I was you know old enough to know better. And I just it was days before or the day before I picked it up. And I'm just I'm we're driving to the theater and I'm just like doing this. I'm just flipping. Oh, through. Don't, you, did you spoil it? Oh, no. I fucking spoiled it to myself. <laughs> I spoiled it. And I, I literally, I had the book like this, and I, and I was flipping through it, and I, I saw it, and I'm like, I threw the book. I threw the oh, book in the car. No. I'm like, no, I didn't see it. 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 So what, what did <laughs> it have? like did, Matt with Tross. Did, did it have like a like some images in it, or you just happened to turn to the page, and it said, I am your father or I something? I just happened to turn to the page where it said no you know, oh I, dude you know. that is the worst and then this is like pre pre internet this is like not even fucking home computers yet and you managed to spoil empire myself with a book <laughs> see Man, i told you words and shit are no good for people George Lucas needs to think, you know, release it the day after the movie release or something like putting it out that far ahead couldn't help myself. Trevor, that might be the first ever you, Star Wars spoiler in all of history. Maybe. Yeah. You wait. You don't understand. Like, you back then, you wait. You waited three years. And three years to, first of all, three years is a long time anyway. Three years for a little kid who wants to see anything oh, it's Star a Wars. A lifetime. It was an eternity, you know? And you'd read every Star Log book to read any theory on anything just to get some Star Wars. Um, so yeah, when the book, I'm like, the book is right there. I could just, I could just take a oh, quick peek. Oh, you did it. You. But we got to the theater, <laughs> we watched the movie and, and when Yoda came on and Dagobah, I was just like, I was, I was so done. You, you weren't the like, kid in the line like, then going, Hey everybody, Darth Vader's Luke's dad. <laughs> Darth Vader's Luke's dad. <laughs> I, I read it in the book. It's in the book. <laughs> Oh, that is that's no, a good little story. It. That I mean, that really has to be one of the first ever spoilers because, you know, a lot of you younger listeners, if there are any, I know we have some of the, uh, the older listeners too from my my era that remember what it was like to grow up without the internet at your fingertips, and, and like Trevor's saying, I mean, back then, three years in between films with no internet. And, and really just basic TV. I mean, most people didn't even have cable. You, as Trevor said, you, you had nothing. You had to like look for cards and, and bread bags to, to get anything Star Wars content related because it was such a different 
era in humanity, not just in Star Wars, in humanity. We couldn't Think of this, we couldn't the just holiday special was great. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, hey, <laughs> yeah, it's something it was, Star I Wars. The holiday special because it was something <laughs> Star Wars, anything Star Wars, Star Lord, right. you know, anything that had Star Wars on it, man. All right. Yeah, all, right. all of the people bitching now. We give you Star Wars content every week. Exactly. And Don't Trevor worry. had to wait three years to get anything. And then he spoiled it exactly. with the book. That is the best. <laughs> you wait all that time, you get the book, and the words and shit do you in. I just, I absolutely love that. Uh, all right. So, uh, little did does did little Trevor have the same favorite Star Wars character as older Trevor does now? Do you still have a character you're like, this has always been my guy or gal since the first time I saw them on screen? Yeah, my brother and I always used to play Star Wars, obviously, when they had the cool guns that you could buy that really looked like the guns. And um, I was always Han Solo. And I always made him because he was I was the first. I was the oldest. And I always made him be Chewbacca because he was the second. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Han Solo has always been my favorite. And I think probably to this day. Yeah, I like that because that, that's I think to me that that's a it's an atypical answer. Uh, you know, a lot of fans. Oh, yeah, I, I do. Don't you think, Nick? I mean, don't most people gravitate toward like like me, the uh, Darth Vader, uh, you know, it's it's usually Vader or Luke. But there are like Han Solo is quickly becoming like a favorite again, though. And I think that once we get more content around him even if it is you know alden and they come back for for a new solo series people are going to start to like younger people are going to start to appreciate it more as a as as a fan of the scoundrel are were you a solo fan oh yeah yeah i was disappointed like i was disappointed with everything that went down with that because i was my mind is open to all this stuff like i'm not i'm not a, a sequel hater I'm not a big prequel fan, but I, I, I can see the good in things here and there. Right. Um, but yeah, I was really disappointed that that went down. I mean, before it went out there, I know that they were talking about that other actor. I can't remember his name. And, you know, seeing him in a couple of scenes and whatever small movies he were in, he was in like, wow, dude sounds just like Harrison Ford. That's cool. Uh, and he's got a look. But that's not everything, you know. Maybe maybe the guy can't act. Right. I don't know. You know. I know who you're talking. I know who you're talking about. I was sucked into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Eastwood, you know? huh? Wasn't it like Eastwood? No, it's it, it's like a dude who I believe got famous on YouTube by doing Im- Im- you know impressions of other famous people, and he does a. Oh, no, that oh, okay. was a different guy. That was a whole other guy. There was an actor. Okay. I believe, like you had been in legit movies and. Um, can't remember what they were, but he, you know, there was a couple of scenes. People were saying, see, this guy should play him. But from what I heard, he wasn't a great actor. I thought, um, his name slips my mind. Uh, I thought Alden. they did a great job. Aaron Alden. Frank, I yeah. thought they did a great job of that movie. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it for what it was. It was uh, a great Star Wars adventure. It wasn't too heady. You know, it, it, it kept you, I think, out of the weeds of the you know, of any arguments about technical details and how could they do this and how could that happen? As far as I remember, I got to go back and watch it again, but that's what I liked. I just got lost in it and it was great. And then Maul shows up and I'm like, dude, yes, I can't wait for the second one. And then it's like, yeah, in my opinion, solo was like the most fun that I had Mm. watching star Wars in a while. Like, cause it was, that's what the movie was built around. Like the movie was built around being fun Exactly. following along with this character Han Solo that is essentially the most fun character in the whole series 
you know, and, and you get to see his life from when he was younger and everything progressed from there. And it's, it, it was unlike even, you know, even TFA where it was a little bit faster paced. There was a little bit more action than you were used mm-hmm. to seeing in the original trilogy and stuff like that. Like solo was just like a really fun ride. Mm-hmm. And it, it is kind of unfortunate that it had the, it really had the back blow and the unfortunate circumstance from TLJ and all the shit around that. But yeah. I just like, Everybody that I've ever talked to that that initially was like, oh, I'm not going to see it. It's going to be stupid, blah, blah, blah. All the other problems. When they eventually see it, they're like, man, that was a really fun movie. Like, I liked it. And everybody always says, I like it more than I thought I would. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, and those people are I think, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I, think the, I think the other thing is, like, as I was watching it, you can... I mean, it's a dangerous thing to take a character that beloved and you know, try to flesh it out and go back and say, this is what he did. And it's fraught with danger. Like you could say, ah, he would never do that. Uh, there really wasn't anything in there that I felt like pulled me out and said, ah, Han Solo wouldn't do that. No. Or he wouldn't have been involved in that or whatever. It's, it was completely plausible mm-hmm. and it worked well. And like you said, it was just a fun space adventure, which made me feel like I did when I was a kid, like watching, I mean, you know, I loved Rogue One, but Rogue One was heavy, you know, it was a heavy Oh yeah, way, way more serious tone, way more serious tone. Yeah, and this was just fun, and it and it made me think of Han Solo, and it made it made me forget that he wasn't Han Solo, and you know, as much as he didn't look or sound like him, I don't, you know, I, I'm not about that. I'm I'm a person like if you replace somebody in a TV show because that person leaves, I'd rather see the character go on than have it be has to be that actor play that character you know don't I mean? you think I mean, in an angry you know? de-aged harrison ford how fun would that have been like could you imagine <laughs> angry harrison de-aged in this movie how fun that would have been to watch oh. like the whole time he's just been like those would have been his only lines they would have had to do to him like they did to luke and mando because I mean, uh, Alden did a lot of running around in that. And I don't know if, if Harrison could have, he would have been stumbling. How dare you? He's, he's been... filming Indiana Jones right now. And I guarantee he's got the bull whip yeah. out and he's swinging across chasms like a pimp. <laughs> He'll be fine as long as he doesn't have to fly a plane and land it somewhere. That's, uh, he's, right. he's, yeah, that, that guy in flying, yeah. I mean, he, he can he can fly. <laughs> landing, he definitely struggles with. Crash landing. <laughs> yeah, no, literally the line from Indiana Jones. Fly, yes. Land, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he lives that. He yeah. lives that mantra. All right, now that's a good little little but, solo tangent. I just saw today actually that Daenerys is like that is one character I've played that I want to return to uh, because Amelia was, yeah. was essentially saying like Kira, there she had so much cooked up in her head for the character to act her out in solo thinking that it was going to continue that she's like I've I've got so many ideas and you know i I had uh uh, i don't know if she was saying scripts but she's like i had all these pages of of stuff that we could have done it's like yeah well how could i mean she's not busy alden's not busy i know how could they drop it completely they've got to do something with disney plus they don't have enough star wars on disney plus not you know not as much as they probably i know this stuff coming but yeah, you're talking. God, you're talking active. To such a, I mean, you take his girlfriend and you make her the head of an evil empire who's under Maul, and it's like, yeah. And now he's going to see Jabba, and it's, it's like, it's, yeah, maybe we'll get back to that later. Right. <laughs> like, no, yeah, at some other point in the future. Like, what? Yeah, okay. it, it, like, it was right. Look, all the Star Wars content, comic book. But if they had to, I, I just have to see. 
the end of that story somehow. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's I been nice seeing Kiera kind of resurrected in this War of the Bounty Hunter run, but she's at a place that we should have seen how she got there through the solo mm. property, at least another solo film, because uh, by the time she resurges in the galaxy, she is running Crimson Dawn. We know that Maul has been taken out by Kenobi on Tatooine, and for some reason, Crimson Dawn kind of went undercover. Uh, they just disappeared. So that's all. That's all prequel. That's in the meantime, in the middle of of the when before she becomes that. Or no, no, that's, uh, that's yeah. War of the Bounty Hunters. Its timeline is right after Empire Strikes Back. So from oh, okay. the end of Solo, okay. when we see here go off to meet Maul, she eventually takes oh. over Crimson Dawn because we know Maul gets killed or he goes nuts and leaves. She takes it over, but wow. but Crimson Dawn loses their standing in the galaxy. Like they just disappear, and that's why this War of the Bounty Hunters event where everyone's like. You know, the Huts, uh, the Empire, the Rebels, they're like, Crimson Dawn, why? Well, how, they're coming back like, oh, shit, they, they, they used to be a pretty big player in the, in the universe. Like, their leader, there's no way he could had been hiding for this long because they still think Maul is running the show. But no, it, it, Kira does take over. So, so, so give me a, like, not reading Keeping Up in the Comic Books and, uh, you know, trying to get into the old Republic stuff, but uh, it's it's delayed on Marvel Unlimited. So, um, so they, they're playing, like, with the, like, the fact that past this planned trilogy of Solo, she lives. Yes. Which I guess now is, that's canon. Yes. Like, okay, the, the, now, the Marvel, spoiler alert, right. she's not going to die. Right, the, the, um, you know? the, the Marvel comics are, are canon. And yes, as of yep. right now, all of the runs, so the Vader run, the Star Wars, the Bounty Hunters, the Afra, and this, I've read some and this those, War yeah. of the Bounty Hunters miniseries, their, their timelines are all post-ESB uh, pre-ROTJ. And this one, all this is happening. Wow. Yeah, with, I guess that's a good that's a good point, though, Trevor, because we always worked with the assumption that, like, oh, well, Kira's got to be dead, right? Like, there's no way that she yeah. makes it out of the Solo trilogy alive right. because you know, Leia and everything else. And you would assume that with, with solo being the way he was, she, she had to go out somehow. But yeah, I mean, this, this well, is I, I like last that, week when I did story time, I think she literally says looking at Han frozen in carbonite, using him as a pawn, Han always wanted to save me. So she's using wow, his yeah. ass to to wow. to make Crimson Dawn a player again in the galaxy. That's why she stole Han from Boba Fett. Uh, See, I don't know how much I like that because I would I would have expected. And again, this is just my idea, you know, in your head, which is always the problem with Star Wars fans. It's like it should have been like this. Um, but I would have kind of expected due to like just as an arc, you know, and he st they start out together. And then she becomes this criminal mastermind head. She's got to die, right? In his arms or something like that. It's got to like, happen. I like this play arc. because you know what it does is it, is it takes it and it takes that arc where it's like, oh, it makes sense for her to die. But now it gives Solo a different reason to distrust people because clearly okay. what happened now is that she put her interests of, you know, becoming whoever she wants to be over him and then he yeah, has to realize that literally way, using like. him as a chess piece literally i mean yeah, he is a, so a brick of carbonite yeah. <laughs> okay okay yeah i mean and that would really sour him on relationships like he was dedicated he was all in and then mm -hmm. to see this girl literally just be like oh i'm gonna use you for my own 
like, you know, my own mm-hmm. steps to get to get to where I want to go. That would really put. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe Han kind of had an idea when he saw her flying away that she was going to work with Crimson Dawn. And he's just like, you know what? I can't date a girl like that. And he just moved on with with Chewie to go to Jabba and become a smuggler. Uh, But I I, you you have to argue that unless someone tells him, Han has no idea what's going on. Right. With He has no idea that no. he is being passed around the galaxy as like this bargaining chip between all the major factions. Like I said last week, the Empire's after him. The Rebels are after him. Bounty Hunters are after him. Uh, Dr. Aphra and one of his other girlfriends is after him. Uh, the Huts are after mm-hmm. him. So Han Solo literally is the focus of the entire known galaxy at this point in time. And he has no idea. Mm-hmm. He would love it. You know, Han, I mean, he would love... <laughs> Being the center of attention, like like people like wanting <laughs> exactly. him uh, for some sort of power play, uh, but that that's you know we'll we'll talk mm-hmm. about it uh, down this episode. I've got another recap for everyone to catch you up on the War of the Bounty Hunters miniseries. But yeah, oh okay, um, cool. all right, Trevor. Cut it. They actually interrupt. He's all in carbon. Yeah, he's lit- he looks just like mm-hmm. he does when we find him in Jedi. He's he's like this, like. If you're on the live stream, I did my, my best Han Solo and Carbonite impression. But yeah, he's he is frozen and sleeping. He has no clue what is happening right now. Uh, it, See, now I'm looking forward to the comic book section. Yeah, I really I Trevor. I mean, I I typically only read the Vader and the main Star Wars runs. But because of this War of the Bounty Hunter miniseries, which is crossing over with Bounty uh-huh. Hunters, with Afra, with Vader, with Star Wars and its own issues. I've been reading them all. And it's it's been some of the best at least comic book style storytelling uh, from the OT era I've, I've, I've come across. So plus it's made me uh, really respect and appreciate the Bozo version of Mr. Fett. All right. I mean, they're really, they're really portraying Boba Fett as the Mac daddy that everyone told me he was during the original trilogy. Uh, So that's, that's another bonus to this. Let me ask you something. Does Jackson show up at all in this anywhere? No, the rabbit. not yet. No. Um, so far, it's been uh, Dangar. He's already killed four Lom and Zuckus. Um, Valance. And uh, I think that's mm-hmm. it so far that that's been in the chase. Okay. All, right. All right. So um, clearly, you know, Trevor's a big, big fan of the solo. I appreciate that. You know, I, I, I like what he says. Like, I, I'm open to Star Wars. And I think that's what a lot of fans they they don't get to that point for some reason. Uh, they always have a chip on their shoulders. Yeah. Like, you know what's, go ahead. You know, it's interesting. I read something about um, Tolkien, and I, I can't remember the exact quote because I've been re like re listening to Lord of the Rings again. Um, and like he said something about world building, like you don't want to fill in all the details because that's when it becomes a problem, basically for the reader and for the writer because suddenly people start picking it apart and say hey wait a minute that's why he never explained really where Gandalf went I mean there are explanations for it and people talk about it and they pull things from little things but it wasn't big exposition as to how that happened and it's the same you know I think Star Wars I don't know man it's gotten to a point where it's you know I think, don't think people can let go of, and I find myself doing it too. It's like, wait a minute, how could they do that? If they, why wouldn't they just, you know, if the hyperdrive, like Bad Batch, we're going to talk about that at some point, something about the, 
you know, the engine being just, you could turn that on, you know what I mean? Like after it's sitting in a junkyard, it's like, wait, how could that happen? Just let it go. And, and just, you know, well, you, you touched on, fantasy, you, 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 you touch on it earlier and, and, and I, I always make that point. It's sci-fi after all my friends. Um, but you, you said it yeah. earlier, uh, a lot of times as fans, as, as diehards, long, you know, longtime fans, we, we start to create what we think sh- things should be. Uh, I, I did it with the prequels, you know, I was in, you know, my early twenties, mm-hmm. I was pumped. I, I was, you know, I was, I started in high school when, when the news came out. And then, uh, by the time I was a freshman in college, the first film released, but that entire time I was sitting there speculating in my head, what Anakin's story should be from start to finish for, or from mm-hmm. start to Vader. Mm-hmm. And when it didn't play out to my expectations, uh, you know, I, I, I got upset. I started talking shit. Yeah. I, I kind of retreated from the franchise and, you know, I, I, I shit on it and I acted like a lot of these idiots have acted with the sequel trilogy. Like, wow, wow, wow. It's you're stupid. If you like it, that, that type of shit. And it, it's, it's yeah. just now and through the show and the therapy I've had on the star Wars time show <laughs> and the clone wars finishing, Dr. And, Nick. Right, you know, the, the, the clone wars helped to kind of paint a, a better picture of the uh, prequel era for me. I, yes. I, I've gotten over that yep. shit, but yeah, we, we do as fans. Sometimes we, we, we clutch pearls a little too much. And then we, we start to think that we know better than those that are being paid to write the stories and create these massive worlds that, these days with the likes of John and Dave could be extending years and years and years into the future across different franchises. So, uh, you know, if something doesn't happen the the way we want it to, we have to be willing to accept that maybe the broader plan will play out and be better than our little heads thought it could be. Exactly. At the same time, you have to take the caretakers into consideration. And when the prequels are George Lucas, you basically have to sit there and go, well, that's the story, man. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, that's from the man, you know what I mean? And then when you've got the, the sequels, which now I'm even more like, I enjoy them. And when you say, well, you know, um, the last Jedi didn't play out the way I expected it to. And it didn't, there was several things where I was like this, why did they, why did they do that? Why did I just throw away that character, this character, whatever. To me, my only issue with that and my only bitch with that is that they don't I don't feel like George had a story in his mind, whether he changed that along the way here and there. It was, you know, the the wills, you know what I mean? Like it was it was something that he came up with a long time ago. I'm sure it morphed. But I just didn't feel with the sequels that they even had a a full story arced out, you know, in their heads. It's like, don't play like phone with Star Wars at this point, you can't play the phone game like or the like, you know, a guy goes out in the storm and he turns a corner and go. And the next yeah. guy takes he goes and he meets an alien. The first guy goes, well, wait a minute. No, I didn't really want that to go that way. I wasn't even thinking yeah. of that. Well, I think that's exactly what out. happened. Yeah, because yeah. that's what I mean. J.J. recently came out and said we we found out. I don't know if he was talking about we as in his team or we the collective we of of Lucasfilm at that time found out that you need to go into a project with a plan. <laughs> I love that. And that was my favorite. Yeah, that was the, the, Yeah, the fact that he said that like you need a plan basically confirms your everything you just said, Trevor. Is they they kind of did do that. Like they they were playing it like that little preschool game where you this is how you come up with a story. Like you say something, you say something, and then you smash it together. Um, but like, but also, you know, like you said, with the prequels, like 
that's the story now though and like i think it's gonna be an acceptance period just like we had for the prequels where like finally now i mean if you think about it 16 years after the release of uh of revenge of the sith like now people are like oh man this is great like the prequels were awesome and whoa, you know whoa, there's whoa, a lot whoa, of supplemental whoa, whoa, material whoa, whoa. built around it whoa, Nick. <laughs> awesome maybe a what, what, what people you talk like you're talking kids born in like 1999 and beyond right i mean i will say that one of my friends <laughs> she's you know she's around your age and she uh, has grown to love the prequels because of similar journey to you with the, you know, with the Clone Wars, with, you know, Rebels, with all of the additional and, and she describes them as like, awesome, is what you're saying. I don't know if awesome is necessarily right, the yeah. term I should let's have watch, used. Let's Maybe watch your adjectives, buddy. I mean, come on. They're, they're better gonna, than we thought they were. <laughs> I'm going to throw one more <laughs> turn on that whole pro- thought process, though, too. Okay. Is that again? It comes. I think it comes back to the caretaker and who is that that driver? You know, George didn't direct the Empire Strikes Back, but he, you know, he, you know, he co-wrote it or at least inspired it because Star Wars came out, and of course they didn't know if it was going to be a hit or a complete flop, and um, they had um, uh, what's his name? Um, God, Lawrence Kasdan. No, Splinter of the Mind's Eye written oh, up yes. as a yeah. sequel in case the movie bombed because he just wanted to continue and, and make some money off this thing. And it had nothing to do with what was going to happen in Empire Strikes Back or any other Star Wars, obviously. But they put it out yeah. thinking Star Wars may not be a hit. We'll just put this out so people have more to to look at. So George wasn't 100% as to where it was going to go either. And that oh, there was man. a whole lot of shit in, Star, in, the, in the OT that went like, yeah, let's go this way. Or, let's go that way. But I think it's that driving visionary that I think they have now in Dave yes. and um, and um, um, John, John. That yeah. I think that I think it's back. I think that's what. No, yeah. I mean, we we've really said this that, a yeah. thousand times before. I mean, the the original trilogy, George only wrote and directed the first movie. The other ones, he had other people to come in and help, and they are generally described right. as ESB as the best. ROTJ is my mm-hmm. personal favorite. You know, they're they're typically considered the best star wars films the ot mm-hmm. with the prequel he he got a little uh dictator like where he wrote <laughs> and directed all three in its shows uh and and it yeah. was if you watch the behind broke. the scenes on Jeez. any of those you could Wrong. tell that was george's show from top to bottom what he wanted he mm-hmm. got no one pushed back and that is not always the best thing and then fast forward to yeah. disney's turn they fuck up and JJ has basically come out and said, oh, yeah, we, we really fucked this up where they're like, hey, this is a good idea. Let's take three different artists who all think differently and we'll have them yeah. pass an open ended trilogy to each other. That'll work Play out. In the That'll work out. Right. Yeah. That'll be cohesive. Right, guys? Let's do it. I think that they were they were trying to replicate what the OT did, but they didn't have the key piece is there. They, which was the the arbiter Thank of you. the story? Thank you. That's the like they, you right. know, because yeah. they that looked visionary. at it and they were like, "Oh, look! It was it was Lucas, and then it was Kirshner, and then it was Kazan. You had three different people." All but George was the one movies. giving them the meat of the story. Yeah. He knew that from from I A honestly, to B where he wanted to go. I yes. honestly think if they had even had the thought, and I realized it was a separation, and maybe he wouldn't have wanted to do it. But now, post, it seems like he did want to have something to do with it. I would have loved if they just brought in George as a consultant 
and to just well, they job them dude say, here's Iger here, job them here was my thought and you can go with it or not but this is my vision for what luke would oh, have he done did it all you don't know Jedi. this no i know they, yeah, they no, paid him Iger paid him for treatments and then, and then threw him in the trash can yeah, exactly and that's where george was like fuck you guys i'm out and, and you know what? I don't I don't blame yeah. him. I mean, I think George is a little kooky anyways. He's just one of those guys. that's like he on is. a different plane. Like he's not a normal human. Uh, Seth Rogen just right. told a, a great story about meeting him and how George was being serious and telling him that he is building a spaceship to leave the planet Earth. Like wasn't fucking around. <laughs> like he's just that type of guy. OK, he'll be right behind. Uh, Jeff he's Bezos. a genius. He's I mean, a, love him or hate him. George Lucas is a fucking creative genius he's also a a a a filmmaking genius all the shit that he invented that that people still do today uh, i mean everything almost points back to ilm lucasfilm skywalker sound you name it most innovations in filmmaking came from that that guy's outfits to have taken a chance on that stuff back in 77 and even thx 1138 which is a little more in the pocket of 70s sci-fi but star wars no I mean, you got to be a little wacky. And he had huge balls because he he told Fox, he's like, hey, fuck you guys. I don't want a lot of money. I want I want to maintain rights like I'll I'll handle this. You you guys, you promote it. But I want I want the controller. I'll 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 foot the bill for everything else. And clearly that that got him the licensing. He made that deal, too. I mean, he he was a visionary and and making cash, but also making some (laughs) awesome sci fi. So let's kind of get back to uh, Trevor's Star Wars profile here. Uh, We got his character. We got his film. We got his era. So to you, if you had to sell Star Wars to, you know, like an alien or or someone that that's like Nick describes as Din Djarin, a bunker boy. (laughs) <laughs> what standout moment would you use in your pitch from from the franchise? It, it could be any of the films. It could be the Mando. What, 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 would, what would be your elevator pitch to someone that has no clue what Star Wars is all about? How, how are you going to sell this to him? To describe Star you, you Wars? You want to sell it to him like, hey, this moment right here is why you need to invest the next week. You got to get the movie to, made. To, to watch uh, the, you know, the, the nine Jeez, films. Man, I and, didn't think I was going to have to do work for this show. Um. What's, what's a standout <laughs> moment? Like what's something like me? I start to weep anytime I talk about the fight between Vader and Luke and Return of the Jedi. I just. Well, I'll tell you what, like, I'll tell you what, like, I think I. And this goes back to our, our previous discussion about how I kind of wished the sequels played out. But the, what stands out to me for the the OT, which is obviously my favorite, is, you know, farm boy comes from nothing, uh, finds out that he is in the possession of this incredible power um, that's kind of been either inherited or whatever from his father, who you never knew uh and saves the galaxy um with the help of some robots and a cool dude and a, and his dog <laughs> like you know what i mean it's like but the the whole idea of the that he comes from nowhere and 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 it's it i mean it 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 rhymes right or is it what is it, is it uh it, it rhymes, yeah it rhymes um you know, with Ray, I always wanted to see my thought for that was like she was no one. And at the end of the movie, she wasn't going to be a Palpatine. 
She was just going to be Ray from nowhere, yes. and she was going to lead a new yes. generation of Jedi. Yes. And it was the message being like, you don't have to be Thank a Skywalker you. or have Preach. this royal blood in you to be a Jedi and a hero. And like Luke, we didn't know about that stuff at the time. We just, you know, the fact that Vader was his father was like a like a tragedy almost. You know, when we saw it, it wasn't like, a, oh, that's why he's so great at what, you know, at the force. But it, that's cool. I want to be like him. Um, but he still had to pull himself up and overcome, you know, the the, the desire to give into the dark side like right. his father and try to save his father. Whereas Ray, I'm not saying she's a Mary Sue. I don't I buy into the fact that there was some training and there's some blood, obviously, in midichlorians, whatever. Um, but there wasn't enough of the rest of the movie where she really struggled, you know what I mean, and didn't. No, Ray. Ray got Ray got know. jobbed. She didn't give up Ray, enough. Ray, she didn't give up enough, and yeah, she you know she I mean? got she was so. she was um, not properly treated by the writers in the sequel trilogy. No, and I loved I loved the Force Awakens. I did I, too. I came out of that movie like dancing. Yeah, like man. it's, it's when I, got, I mean, I, I was, was like, holy shit, Star Wars is back! Thank you. That fucking the, I can I can wipe that bad taste of the prequels out of my mouth finally. We, we've got yep. something that feels like Star Wars again. And then even TLJ, I came out like, hey, that was fucking different. That was unique. I don't know if I agree with all mm-hmm. the decisions with Luke, but hey, it was still a fucking entertaining take on Star Wars. Yeah, and then I um, came out there a little more confused, but like, OK, all right. Right. It's still it's <laughs> yeah, still like, left was... Ray is like this. No one who could be someone great. And that's what I, I well, liked. But then then we get Tross and it turns into this. He's back as like I vomit, vomit, puke, eyes bleeding. Someone get me the fuck out of so here. The thing in TLJ that I really liked and I thought, OK, this is going to redeem this in the next movie. And they do have a plan. And it I think it may be fills in with my plan. I always thought that like Ray had been a student at the Academy and she, they hid her from Kylo or something, you know, whatever that didn't work out fine, whatever. Um, but that little kid broom kid at the end of the movie pulling the broom, I'm like, and he looks to the stars and I'm like, yes, this is the message. Ray is from nowhere. She's going to lead all these kids who have nothing. They're in these terrible conditions, sweeping, you know, horses at a gambling planet. And, you know, she's going to lead, she's going to find all these people and she's going to lead them into this new, they're all going to be Skywalkers if they're not Jedi, because that was the last Jedi, whatever. Um, and I'm like, that's cool. All these people that don't, you know, necessarily aren't midichlorians or royalty, Jedi royalty. You know, and didn't happen. I, I think that there's still room for that, though, because, I mean, realistically, the the thing that one hurt this trilogy, other than just the writing, is the amount of time that passed between movies. Like, if you think about the timeline between episodes four and six, you had a lot more time that passed, even though the the movies themselves, in terms of real time, uh, were shorter than the sequel trilogies the time in world had passed enough to where you could have character development and you could have these different things that sprung out of just natural time passage. And then for really for between six or between seven and nine, you had only about a year of time pass because yeah. seven and eight happened right yeah, after were- each other. Like there's literally seven minutes pass between fucking TFA ending and then episode eight starting. So like you had a a lack of timeline that allowed for proper character development. And then also, I mean, like I still think that something like that can happen 
if they choose to continue that storyline and that timeline, which they, yeah, of course, she's will. still like, ruined, just, though. She can never just be a nobody because now she she's got the magic blood. And, and that I think that's what Trevor's yeah, saying. That's what it, I've been saying. Like, I, it, I, I never like that. You got to have magic blood to be a hero in Star Wars. It's fucking stupid. But it doesn't yeah. include her from from doing what you mentioned, like taking the underprivileged and taking no. the, the, these yeah. destitute children but from around the galaxy. Gonna, she's just not going to be one of them. You know what I mean? She's, like, she's a yeah. Palpatine. A clone Palpatine, she's, which is even dumber. Like she's literally from a clone. <laughs> Fucking hate it. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's it was a really poor choice. And But the thing is, is you now have to trust john and dave well and it's really just i know we, we give john we that. give john a little too much credit at this point yeah it's it's really good dave, dave filoni is like, literally you know. the executive of uh, creative direction or whatever they call it now like yeah. he is the guy so you you have to trust but him now does to love be able this to... franchise man he he loves of course. this franchise no, and I no feel john mando is yeah. john's baby he came to lucasfilm with that idea they didn't give it to him so i'm not like but I, I think a lot of yeah. us are starting to think that, that John is is running Lucasfilm now. I, I think he's still yeah. he's more or less a contractor where Dave is a Lucasfilm Dave executive. Is George Lucas. Yes. He's yes. a visionary. Yeah. He knows everything about everything. Right. And, and, you know, he knows that if he doesn't follow that canon over here, he's going to get in trouble. But maybe it's worth breaking to make a better yeah, story. I'm, I'm just glad that's what th- they finally that gave they, him the nod because fuck that story group. Just, just let like this they guy corrected. Like just like they corrected bitch boy Anakin from the prequels in the Clone Wars, I think that they can they can write the ship with some sort of content post tross, and it's it's inevitable that they do it. It's just right now they're just giving it time. Like they can't start it right away because there's oh, a it, lot it's of like Chernobyl. Out it's there. the Star Wars version of Chernobyl. Like that that timeline right now is is nuclear. It's radioactive. <laughs> Do you think, yeah. though, you think in, in, let's say, 10 years for the sake of argument. Um, yes, that's that. Any of those characters are coming back for. Yeah, I think another 10 movie? years is about the, the, the minimum because that, that's about the time we had from when uh, Star Wars yeah. returned from the prequels to kind of let that tire fire I, burn down a little bit. I will say that within three years, we'll get an announcement of post-Tross video content because because that no, will no, be no. oh no but i'm i'm not saying i'm saying those characters i'm saying those, Rick, oh, those characters yeah. like yeah oh really i, I will yeah i will trick. say three years from now because it'll be five years from release daisy has already talked about like being open to returning to the character oh, i think is. um and then also Boyega has too. I mean, Boyega has later come, you know, like he came out immediately after and talked about like how uh, bad his experience was in terms they, of his character development within the movies, which they really did fuck him over. Like total fucking ball on him, man. Like I, I think that like he had a cool arc going Hell and yeah. it just fell apart. Um, but I think, that, but he also said like, Hey, if it's Disney plus I'm in. So I think that if you give it three more years and you in and, and you can like if you choose to do animated, you know, you, you can do a similar thing to what you did with uh, with Clone Wars. But I do think that you can get at least 
a cup those two back no for way. a live no way i'm series. sticking with trevor's 10 years <laughs> it, i'm telling you man it's toxic it's, waste look look at the only other thing they tried to put out in that timeline and how many fans hate its guts and star wars resistance like it's i do feel like it's gonna be if it's within time is i mean time heals all wounds with the internet with the <laughs> no but with the internet it's like it's not like three years in between movies again going back to the earlier conversation was an eternity and yes we were younger and time was seem seemingly slower but um i still i now these days i don't think three years is enough to cleanse that so that they <laughs> if they announce another movie it's not going to be immediately oh what's it gonna oh you're gonna fuck no, fuck, yeah, no I, I think you're right man i think you're right no I, no it's where is I think it's eight years maybe people go yeah those weren't very good but i did like the characters i'd like yeah to no but, but that'll be when the little well, we kids that'll know. be when the little kids are older that grew up with the sequel trilogy yeah. they'll be the champions and of they it. want to see right, right they'll right, be the exactly, champions exactly. of it just like we have the champions of the prequels that tell us that it's the best star wars out there we know they're wrong uh, but we let them we let them get away with it because of their age that is any true post trust content is going to be disney plus like it's i don't think that they're gonna do well one we are they've they've already said and they can back up on this if they want to that they're not going to do another traditional trilogy ever again like that's not in their plan they're not going to do another like, yeah until until taika until taika's movie makes a jillion dollars and they green light a, a, I mean, a sequel for it <laughs> I mean, if it does, if it does, then they, you know, they can backtrack on it. But, the, but, but here's the fact of the matter: like the 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 sequels were a financial massive success. It was never about yeah. the financials of the sequel because if it was, if they're like, oh well, it's all it's all financial to us, they'll be like, well, f- well f- I don't give a fuck what you guys say. I'm putting out another movie in two years, and you're all gonna go see it. You're all gonna go pay for it. You're all gonna bitch, but I don't care because you're gonna pay me. Right. Each money made over $1.1 billion, like worldwide, which like is a dream to happen for any franchise. So it's not fi- like the reason that they're not doing it is not financial. But that is the, but that's the reason, again, I hope that, that uh, Filoni or Favreau are ingrained in this to the point where if they do decide to do that, and it, even if it is a money grab from the mouse, that there's somebody there to steer the ship and make sure it's not just yeah. a money grab from the mouse. Yeah. Something that, and okay, we're going to really I, make I, this there, there's, um, I think it's in the cards, though, but Filoni is going to want to try the big screen at some point in time. Uh, he's oh, he yeah. slowly yeah, oh, yeah. has graduated from animation to live action. It's only a matter of time before he does a Star Wars movie. So uh, he yeah. could very well be the one helming the next series or, or, or trilogy of films. All right. So um, kind of getting out of your Star Wars stuff. Is, is there any any of the films, animated series that just kind of rub you the wrong way, Trevor? That just get you get you a little a little angry. Well, I think we. I think we covered okay. the films. Um, <laughs> I, you know that. <laughs> I, I know it wasn't made for me, um, but the um, Resistance <laughs> so uh, cartoon was just yeah. unwatchable. Resistance for me. Uh, was was very child. For, I'm, for I'm not going to agree that, that it was unwatchable because I, I watched yeah. both seasons and I oh, got I some entertainment did. out of them. So. I watched you guys recap it too. Like, yeah. oh no, God, no, no, those would have been unwatchable. Not so much the show itself, but our recap of an unwatchable show are definitely unwatchable. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, disregarding that, because it, it's like Ewoks, it was for kids and, you know, it's like whatever. 
Um, the stuff for adults, I loved Rebels. I mean, I think there was a lot of filler, as there was a lot of filler in Clone Wars, but I enjoyed Clone Wars 65% of the time, uh, maybe 70. That last season was the way it should have been. And going forward, everything should be done that way. That was phenomenal. They yeah, they, I mean, I, I think they, they kind of fixed that in Rebels where they, they kind of stuck to many storylines versus just like Clone Wars. Because I've been going through the chronological rewatch. That in, in and mm-hmm. of itself shows you how chaotic the Clone Wars delivery system was. I mean, you have shit that took place before the movie that technically kicked off the Clone Wars. You'd have stuff in season three that was actually following up on stuff that happened in season one. So the Clone Wars early on was very disjointed in terms of its overall narrative. Mm -hmm. It did have some really great three, four episode arcs, but then after that, you'd shift to a completely different narrative where Rebels, final season of Clone Wars, Bad Batch all kind of follow a progression from one episode to the next. I know sometimes when people don't get the big bangs, it's, it's considered filler, but to me yeah. it's, it's all fleshing out this world uh, that we all seem to enjoy to yeah, view. I if it was filler in that it, 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 it furthered a character arc or a character trait or something like that, that's fine. But there were literally like, there was a clone wars. I remember trying to get through all the seasons because I have to, I have to watch of everything. Course. And I'm not just of course. Skip. And there was mm-hmm. one where these droids. Oh, there's there's multiple droid arcs, brother. Nothing to do yeah. with like it was like a droid adventure, yep. and I'm like, ugh, this is awful. Like I can't those, watch those I will uh, agree with you. Probably don't even add to any world building. So while I I will still never classify any Star Wars as filler content, that's as damn near close as it gets. Are the the <laughs> droid centric episodes? Hell, Trevor, there are there's an episode where I believe it's just three PO and Jar Jar are the stars of the episodes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I vividly. Bomb bad Jedi. One. I mean, that's like the from season one, I believe. So, all right. So I, I mean, obviously. You're influenced by Star Wars in your art form, which is toy photography. I mean, if, if you're not familiar with Trevor, he's at one six shooter on Instagram and I believe most of his platforms. If you're on the live stream, we have his uh, his home uh, site up right now. One six shooter dot com. As you can see, this man has been featured on CNN, Star Wars dot com, the old exclude collective. I, I still need to ask you about that. TS collector, spoiler free movies. And of course, he's made multiple top fives on the iconic Star Wars Time Show Top 5 segment. Um, Which I really should put on the site. Of course. I well, I, I didn't feel too bad because it doesn't look like you update the site very often, which I don't I don't, I don't, don't blame you. Updating websites except, suck. but <laughs> Except for the Instagram. Yeah, you, yeah, you got that. It. That must pull in uh, dynamically. But yeah, so I mean, yeah. I, I, those of you, if you're not familiar with Trevor, he's a... Uh, I would say one of the founding fathers of, of toy photography, you know, I mean, he was one of the first people to be doing it, doing mm-hmm. it well. Uh, he, he's done it professionally, correct? Like you've actually been paid for your toy photography here and there, or mm-hmm. at least supplemented yep. with free gifts and showered in figures to collect. No, no, no. Paid. <laughs> so he is a, not just taking free he toys. is a professional Real as we like to say, but you can see it. I mean, I, I was going to pull up his IG page, but I actually think his, his website has a a great smattering of his Star Wars work right there. And as you can see, uh, Trevor is, is very cinematic in nature. Everything is always done professionally, clean. And more importantly, for people that hate Photoshop, 
this man almost does everything as he says in camera, meaning he's not doing much digitally. He doesn't do a lot of composites. He tries to create the scene right there in the lens and capture it as the camera sees it, which to me usually results in some of the the best, most lifelike looking toy photography out there. Yeah, I think that's what's interesting about it. Like I started out and I, I've been using Photoshop since version one so i know photoshop Boo. but i started doing what's that Boo! i hate photoshop <laughs> it's a great tool and listen like you can't shit on photoshop because it's just like if you mm-hmm. went into a dark room if you ever did film which i hated doing you know what i mean and i i did it just a little bit in college um it's a tool like anything else it's the modern dark room and you you do need it and i go into photoshop and i fine-tune the, the images i'm just not adding effects right. for the most part unless it's a lightsaber or something like that or explosions or compositing backgrounds in which is perfectly fine it's a different form of toy photography perfectly legitimate there are no rules it's all, it's okay um, Trevor you like can tell them that you're better because you do everything practically it's okay go ahead no no not at all <laughs> In fact, when I ACBA is an articulated comic book art, it's a group, um, and it's it strives to be all practical and tangible. And I thought it was kind of stupid at first, and then even then, even now, there are you know factions of people who are just like anti Photoshop completely. Like, don't even that. <laughs> just put it out. Whatever comes out of the camera is it, which is ridiculous. But. Um, I thought it was kind of crazy. And then I started doing it where like, you know what? I want to kind of hide the stand or figure out a way to light this without, you know, artificially doing it or create an effect, you know, fire or something that looks good on camera in camera without having to add effects later on. Um, now people like Tom, I have watched you do that beautifully. I mean, it's illustration on top of photography, which is awesome. Just another form of the art. I like the challenge of it. Not to say that I'm pure with it all the time, but I just, I I enjoy when I'm down here, figuring out how to make it work. And so that I take a picture and go, damn, that's almost it. That's 95% there already. You know what I mean? And now I'm just going to take it into Lightroom, Photoshop, tweak it, yada, yada. Do you, um, so that, do you, I guess, do you mostly do it these days for fun or are, or are you getting paid gigs on the reg? Well, I, I'm Mythic Legions. Um, I'm their official photographer. So I do all their uh, product photography and promotional shots for them. So, I mean, I have a lot of those anyways, and I love that line. So I do a lot of that stuff anyway. But when you see their promotional stuff, when they have new products come out, that's um, all, that's all, there you go. Almost all my that's, work. That's so your boy, Trevor, that's a regular gig. And then Q, uh, EXO, I'm sorry. XO six is now the, doing the star Trek figures. Um, the QMX used to do one six. Yeah, Cause ones, didn't you do the, their... the box art for those a few years back? Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's funny. Like I just saw the box for the new one come out today, which is uh, data. Um, from first contact of the movie and they actually put credits on the back which is awesome of them like of the sculptor of the person who did the clothes and they put my name on it so my name's on the damn box which yeah, is boy. pretty fucking no, cool that is you awesome. know what I mean it's like um, so that was cool yeah so but I, I mean that's work you know what I mean like it's fun to be shooting toys but when you're under a deadline right. and you gotta come up with right. some ideas and get it right because you're under a deadline it's work 
know, it's work. So, um, have you ever thought about moving to Hong Kong to become a hot toys, uh, official photographer? <laughs> yeah. Which is, I guess what you have to do unless you're a BG toy. Yeah. yeah Cause um, outside of that account, I think CGE rock is the only other one I know that is, is you know, Oh yeah. Where is he? I, I believe CG rock is over in Japan or he's, he's over there. In, oh, okay. Well, it's still, right. Yeah. Still in right, Asia. Right. That's what I meant. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the hard part about it. I mean, and I'll be honest, like, I don't know for a fact about anything that goes on there, but I've heard tell that people have talked to other people, and I won't mention specific names, who do that kind of stuff. And basically, you get to keep the figure sometimes. <laughs> they don't really pay one of those deals. <laughs> anything, if at all, you know, and it's right. basically, you know, hey, get some exposure. And I'm like... I just got a solicitation from a, a big company uh, whose name I'll keep secret um, about, hey, you know, they literally pitch me with like, hey, you'll get great exposure. I'm like, dude, are you really coming to me with great exposure? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. I've been in design and marketing for yeah, I need you know, some cash, some plus cash money. Years. It's like, hey, me, yeah, you know, cream, I mean? like, motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. I mean. I, I know you do the mythic lesion stuff, but would you say that Star Wars is your next biggest um, influence in your toy photography? Yeah, I think so. It's It's been weird. Like Star Wars is everything when I started out. I started out with all the 1-6 stuff when I got back into it. Um, Black Series was something that came along and I was, I'm like, I'm not going to get into this stuff. You know, it's little, Bro, you should have never then, gotten into it the way Black Series is going these days. I'm, I'm about ready to pull, pull ripcord myself and just, well, I have, I mean, I pretty much have aside from a choice amount of select figures here and there that I need, because I really, I have everything looking at my shelf now that I need to tell whatever, pretty much whatever story I want. Now, if you're like me and I know you are, you see a figure and it's like, Ooh, of course, I, oh, I it's, got an it's idea tough, that. Right. I could, I gotta you get it. it. You know what I mean? And it's like, I know I'm going to get it. And I know I'm, it's going to sit in a box Thank on my you. pile of shame Thank over here you. for about, you know, um, three months. Then I'm going to pull it out and I'm put it on the shelf and I'm never going to shoot yep. the fucking thing. You know what I mean? So you like, are describing, you're describing my life right now. I mean, th this is what my, yeah. my toy collecting and photography life has become. It's like, Ooh, I need that. And by the time it shows up, it, it kind of gives me heartburn. Like, fuck. Now I feel yeah. obligated yeah. to shoot it, even though I'm not going to shoot it. It's going to get jammed into a plastic box somewhere and eventually lay yep. in a, in a plastic tote. Um, yep. it just, it, 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 yeah, and I've come to grips with that. I've come to grips with it and I've, I've really held off on stuff that I don't need and I'm just buying, I'm still buying. Do you still go shit. nuts with one six <laughs> figures though? I mean, are you, are you like me? Are you, do you always have like a running $5,000 tally at sideshow? Something like that. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the, um, the, um, the, the, the speeder bike from, uh, Mandalorian right now that's sitting in a box that I <laughs> basically opened up, looked at for five minutes and yeah. said, I got no place to put this. I can't even take it out of the box until I figure out where it's yep. going to go. Yep. I've, I've got that um, on order. That's, I'm, that's, I'm that's, dreading that thing showing up. Cause like you said, I bet it is massive, right? I mean, if it's probably like it's massive. What, three feet long or something like that. I don't know if you can see it. I hate to show my pile of shame cause it's disgusting, but like it's, I don't know. It's there somewhere. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I love this. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love seeing other people collect stuff just to lay it in a pile. 
Yes, I'm not the only one. I love it. <laughs> no, you're not alone. I think that's a pretty universal thing, man. Yeah, it's um, like I don't know some of that pile. To my credit, I'm selling the stuff okay, that's going right. out the door. At least, at least that's what you're, that's what you're telling us. You're, that's what you're telling us and yeah. your in your family. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm selling. Myself. I'm selling it. Sure, you are. Yeah. But no, I, I've like I, I'm starting to like feel shame over collecting and not shooting. Uh, because I've I've, yeah. I've had some things pop up. Yeah. The wife's back in the office. I've pissed off my old man, so he doesn't come down and help anymore. So I work full time and have a five year old here. So my free time to come down here and play with my Barbies is is dead. And I'm going on like seven yeah. weeks without a shoot. And I'm, I'm really starting to feel that like, am I done? Is it all over now? Is, is this all she yeah. wrote? I mean, IG is ripping away my bot followers left and right. I have no reach anymore because I don't I don't even use. Bro, I haven't used Haywood Pop in so long. I got an email yesterday from IG saying, hey, are you having trouble logging in? I was just like. Yeah, you today, you? Uh, you yeah I posted some on Monday, but I used to be sometimes a double a day, seven days a week type of, of, of nut. Oh, listen, 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 like, yeah, I, I can't, I don't know how kid people like with kids like you and work more or less and all these other people that I know who are younger than me and are in the midst of having, you know, seven and eight year olds and stuff with all sorts of, you know, elementary school crises right. and stuff. I don't know how the fuck you do it because I can't get down here more than a couple times a week before I feel like I'm abandoning my my Thank wife you. constantly, right. you know, after we get out of work and we sit next to each other all day working, but we hardly get a chance to interact. And then I'm like, Hey, all right, I'm going to go to the basement for the rest of the night, basically <laughs> until you go to bed. It's terrible. You know what I, I mean? Know. So like, yeah, I'm, it's the same thing, man. Like it's, and I don't care anymore. Like I'm not chasing the algorithm. I, I, I don't think I've posted until I posted today. I posted a shot for a week i think it was a week ago i posted the last one it's, before been, that. it's Man, been nice to kind of get care. out of the rat race because I, I was definitely mixed up in it i was doing the toy pop sessions i was doing the early morning like because i always thought in my time zone if i posted before 8 a.m i'd get better reach and it, it it was starting to become more about timing my ig post and the actual love of the art form and collecting and that's a reason exactly. I pulled back the pandemic. And like you said, little kids and family, that that's been part of the reason, you know, but I'm looking at this shot you, you, me, you did here. This is Trevor always does something oh, amazing yeah. for May the 4th. Um, and Trevor, I, I, Bad boy right over I've there. got the one you, you, you did this year. Yeah. There's some of the props he used. Yeah. Uh, but, but this shot, again, this is one of your famous all in camera type of shots where most people would think this is a composite. And what we're looking at is it's, it's essentially, it's the Ralph McQuarrie versions of Vader, Luke, Chewbacca, and the droids. And he's got it positioned in a way where, you know, Vader is this massive character in the background, but then he's got the, the Luke, Chewie, and the droids kind of positioned with to, to Vader's right off to the side a bit. And, and this is like what I was telling, like, look at it, people, if you're on the live stream, just appreciate this knowing that this was all done as is like there, there was no compositing to do this, no cutting out figures and stitching them together. This is all shot the way it was on his table in the basement to recreate. Again, if you're on the live stream, you'll see the poster that Trevor uses his um, inspiration. And it's it's fucking spot on. It's spot on. Yeah. And this is similar to the one that won you. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but but Trevor essentially won the last ever Star Wars fan art contest. 
Um, yep, right, right there. there. He's he's That's holding the, the print up there for you. But Trevor, it was on your your website. But you won. He won for best poster and best in show for the Star Wars Fan Award 2018. And I, they haven't they they haven't done these again since you took you took the top prize, right? I mean, you, they were just like fuck it. I know it's real. No one could ever do better than what one six did. We're ending this contest. <laughs> I don't think yeah, I'm sure that's it. Um, yeah, that's a weird thing, man. I don't know what. I don't know if it was just a logistical problem for them or what, but they never did it again. And I loved it. Not even outside of the toy photography, they had some great. You know, they had yeah. There's like short so film. Like there was uh, animation, film, which worked more or less. Got into and um, you know a lot of the guys in the toy photography community won some different things. I think Zay won for uh, like a, a cosplay. Yeah, it was a picture of him and his daughter that was that was beautiful. And like you said, super cute. Work more or less did that retro like product commercial with his kids. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah. I, I have it pulled up right uh, now. This is the, the piece we're talking about in case you missed uh, Trevor's framing. Yeah. Uh, but this is another one. And it, was this the first time you, you kind of did this for Star Wars to recreate a poster just using different props, toy props? That was the first time I did. I recreated a poster. And there's two. I'll tell you, both of these, that one and the last one you just showed were, I wouldn't say last minute, but I really did wait to like... This one was literally the night before. It was May 3rd. I started cutting up the, the Leia uh, figure, the outfit. I had to enhance her a little bit, a um, little plastic surgery in the chest area mm. <clears throat> to make her match the uh, <laughs> give, Leia. Give her the, the bigger uh, boobs. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had to cut out a T-shirt to make that cape and wire it. to. Fl- I'm literally doing all this at like 8 o'clock at night and like hoping to God that this shot works after all this work and I have something tomorrow. Otherwise I have nothing for May 4th. And I think I started doing a May 4th shot before that, but this is the first time I tried the, the poster recreation. Yeah. No, these, so it was like, yeah, the fact that this came together and I actually got to post this the next day is, is I didn't even have the droids. So I had the, 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 the six, the six inch droids and I tried, I was going to like, okay, I'll set them back, but they weren't working. They were just too big. So I literally had to run to the toy store down the street and hope that they had some 375 R2 and 3PO, and they did. And I, I bought those, brought them back. I think I was shooting this on May 4th in the morning. And, and are you it. listening, and, new yeah. upstart toy photographers? Are, are you listening to the dedication <laughs> it requires to reach the heights of oh. at one six shooter? To, to create works of art like this. I mean, it really is because I, I on the live stream, I have it pulled up and, and Trevor is usually great about uh, doing BTS. But this one, you, you can see how he created it, how things are kind of staged. Some some figures are closer to the lens. Some are further back. Like he said, the, the smaller ones to try to match scale. Then he's got a Vader helmet back there. You got like a little Death Star ornament hanging down. Of course, you got your fog machine going. But uh, one six shooter, mm-hmm. he's uh, I know there's been some people in the chat here scarlet kid in particular uh you can learn a lot from trevor uh because he he typically is gracious in his shares and usually does a, a bts or a reel or a video of the bts and it, it gives you really good insights into how someone like him who does this professionally gets paid uh kind of thinks up a shot stages it and then executes it with the camera uh, yeah, um, I have a YouTube channel too. You can go check that out. Not to be yep. too much of a plug, but also shows you behind the scenes stuff. Um, 
Yeah, here's here's another one. Yeah, and and the it, other I'm one, sorry, I just I, oh, I've, I've picked out some of my favorites. I, I did a little different with one six shooter versus like, hey, why don't you send me some shots? I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick out shit that I've really appreciated yeah. just to kind of <laughs> talk about. But but another one that you did all practical, yet it looks fully composite is your um, homage to Tross. Where you got Ray, you know, kind of I am I am all the Jedi in front, but then you're using all your one six scale Barbies behind her to essentially create the image we should have saw during that scene that would have really, I think, kind of hammered home that moment where all the Force ghosts kind of surround Ray and, and enable her to pick herself up and, and beat the Sith Eternal Emperor. Two two quick notes about this. I did it before I saw the movie. So, so you didn't um, know, so, did you know that there's a scene like this or you just thought this up? Look at nope. this guy. Look at nope. this guy. Didn't know. So I posted this on a couple of uh, sites, um, you know, like a, a day after, I think the movie came out either the next day or the day after that. And, you know, as soon as people came back from the movie, they're like, Oh, this is a spoiler. I'm like, dude, it's, it's not a spoiler. I know I didn't see the movie when I took it. So, and it didn't <laughs> happen in the movie. So, and the second thing uh, about this was just going back to like Star Wars fans and like I love doing this stuff, but you're always going to get those Star Wars fans who are like, um, you know, where's Ahsoka? You know what I mean? How come you're missing Ahsoka? How come you're missing? Yo, you like, put it, I, I, dude. If I had a one six Ahsoka figure, uh, I'm reading your there, comment. Like you were, you were already Ahsoka. hedging for for some of the the comments. You're like, listen, before oh, yeah, people right, start yeah. complaining, I know there are characters who should be here. I I love to have an Ahsoka and in Kane and Jarrus and an Isla, but I don't. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> You got to cut that shit off, man. Or they'll they'll be all. And over I you. just I they'll just I love these. I, I just love that you 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 have the creativity to kind of come up with the idea, and then obviously with your skills, I'm playing the behind the scenes video now, where you're showing how you kind of got all the one six to look like they were force ghosts using that uh, some light painting it looks like and and, and some uh, fog going in there. Uh, but like yep. I said, I mean a one six shooter at one six underscore shooter. Always a great follow. Uh, I don't want to call him a, a mentor. I don't think he wants people to sit there and, and DM him left and right. But he is someone that I know. If you ask, if you me. ask him a quick question or, or, or a tip, he's he's more than willing to uh, reply and, and, and give you some insights. Just don't expect that you're going to reach yeah, his sure. his level of quality. So Trevor, I, I just yeah, sure. got today. I'm going to be receiving my new phone. Samsung okay. Galaxy S21, and apparently it has a really good camera. Yeah, I've where do that. I start? If uh -oh. I, where do I start? You That's don't. You don't do it. <laughs> I think you. I think you have to start collecting figures. <laughs> <laughs> He's got you there, guys. Guys, come on. Is that really like? Do I have to buy stuff? Can somebody just send me? Yeah, some there you things? go. What do you do? I have yeah. lightsabers. You Mr. Influencer, in you. I have I have uh, prop just lightsabers. Go down to your local uh, action figure library and you know <laughs> check out some. Nick, uh, I have yeah, I yeah. have crates of figures in plastic. I'll sell you the whole lot for five hundred bucks. You might have some winners in there. It might be worth two thousand dollars. You never know. It's like a grab bag. What do you say? What do you say? Five hundred bucks. I'll just wrap I'll it up and, it. and ship it over. Do you? Do you have that creative bug, Nick? Or are you like? Is that something I'm that more, you want to? Do you, you just, I'm more of a writer. Okay. So yeah, I, I actually that. went to school. Like, it's funny because now I do digital marketing as my yeah. profession, but I actually did go to school for like animation. And like, wow. I, you know, 
graduated with my bachelor's degree in, in 3D animation and everything like that. And my goal was to like work in video games, which is notoriously well, You hard. guys missed all of yeah. our animated content on YouTube that Nick has made? You guys haven't seen that yet? Yeah. Check, check out I, the playlist. Dude, I have not, <laughs> I haven't animated anything since I, like right. a year after I graduated yeah. because that's how like downtrodden I got after not being able to find a job. Like yeah. I essentially, was like, so, like, fuck I it, I'll go work at I Facebook. Had, like an animation reel. And actually, my my final animation project was a Star Wars project. I, I think I may have told. Well, yeah, you, you were doing time, a short story, so right? Long. Yeah, it was like a short. It was a Jedi training video. So it was like you know you have very limited rigs when you're in school. So it was like very bare bones in terms of the way it looked. But like I wasn't going for like this looks like movie quality. I was going for like animation training quality. Film. So like oh okay, okay you know gotcha. yeah. Okay. So like one of the one of the scenes was like the guy doing push-ups and then he does like a regular push-up he does a one-arm push-up and then he does a force push-up where both of his arms are behind his back and then he does like <laughs> he like takes a rock and he force throws it through a wall and it shatters and then the last scene was like him kind of crouching Dude, down you got to dig a, that like shit up force meditative You got to dig it up I got to yeah. try to find it but um and it was uh, he was like in a meditation pose and he essentially assembles his lightsaber all with the force like in front of the wow. camera so like Damn, I, man I, yeah we got to see this we could have I, like, we could have a daz tibbles on our hands but he doesn't want to he doesn't uh <laughs> practice his his art form here not nearly to that like <laughs> daz is all like you know drawing and then like yeah. he animates Cell like animation, you know 2d yeah. animation uh mine was like all 3d oh, and like 3ds max and and stuff like that and like I said, it all looks terrible, but I was just like, even now, if I like, I think I, I, I found it like three or four years ago and I watched it and I was like, his elbows are popping. Oh, dude, like, there I, we got it. Like this has moment. to be a show segment coming up. It, it, yeah. But back then, I mean, that was, that was a different, and if you, that was three years ago when you found it, I'm not going to ask you how long ago it was when you did it, but I mean, okay. 3d animation has like, you know, vastly different now, especially like yeah. on a, on a consumer level stuff, even though you were in college, it's not like, you know, I mean, yeah. look, look what that cinematic captures guy is doing on YouTube just with Unreal Engine in terms of animation. I mean, he's yeah, making no, like dude, live it's, action it's quality animation. I want to clarify something. Was this when you said it was a is this like because if not, you got somebody's got to do this or you got to do this. Like, is was it a Jedi training film? So like like a guy comes up. So you want to be a Jedi? You know, like, <laughs> I could have. I I did not. It wasn't it's like that. Not. It was almost like a. It was like a Rocky style montage okay. of like his train. It was almost like a training montage. He was training anything. Guy. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that would be funny. Yeah, so training, training Jedi. I'm for telling you, let's get a hashtag going. We want Nick's animation. I, I and I, and like here's the thing is like I downloaded the. I found a way to get the most recent version of 3ds max and I opened it up and I was just like, so lost. Mm. Like I, I, like I went into it and like all of everything that I knew how to do was just like immediately right. gone. And like, it felt so bad because that was what I dedicated a large portion of my like yeah, young probably adult money life and to. time. It's and just now, out the window. Yeah. I mean, money, time, effort, and to try to get jobs and stuff like that. Like I had interviews at Nintendo that I didn't get a job at. I had interviews at Bioware that I didn't get a job at. So like I tried as hard as I could, but I just didn't happen. And at a certain point I was like, you just, I just gave it up. 
It's a different path. Now, it's a different path. That's that's all, you know. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And, and I'm doing very well for myself now, so I'm not like, you know, I'm not bitter about it. But it's like yeah. every now and then, like I look back and I'm like, man, it would have been pretty cool if that could have happened. But now, like, my main thing is like I I love writing and like. But you one of like you could have ended up being a cog at, at EA or something and yeah. burnt out with all those other people who have to work like sixteen hour days and don't get yeah. paid a lot of money and you know what I mean? Like, so it's like you could have worked on the final season of the Clone Wars, you know, no big deal. Yeah, one of those two. <laughs> but that is like the reality of like most video game jobs is it's yeah. very it's a very unforgiving business. And like yeah. usually when a game is finished, basically the entire staff that worked it's, on it gets I'll fired. tell you right now, exactly. I mean, being in gaming yeah. media for the 10 years that I was, that's about the only fun aspect of that market to be in. Uh, if you're a developer, yeah. your life is a nightmare. Uh, you're yeah. working, especially during a crunch, you're working 80 to a hundred a week. You typically don't even get paid, uh, overtime for yeah. that type of it's shit. It's a tough gig. Oh, man. they're meat grinders. I think they're meat grinders. aspects of it. Like, yeah. I mean, even marketing that shit, not to get into down that rabbit hole, but like just it's tough, man. It's, you get a lot of competition. It's a lot of shit going on, but I was going to say yeah. like, um, like especially people like younger than me. Okay. Um, but younger people, like you're going to experience like four or five careers I said I think they said in in your lifetime you know what I mean and it's like even with with me it's changed the venues changed I'm still kind of doing what I'm doing although I'm kind of leaning towards more photography now and I'm hoping to do more product photography and stuff so you know shit changes yeah but it happens yeah I, I, happens I, I try to it works it works yeah I try to write like there's I have so many started and unfinished writing projects, whether it be like stories that I was writing that were like intended to be novels or like, you know, like scripts that I was writing for like TV shows that I was like noodling on and stuff like that. So I'm always like, like recently I, I uh, picked up one of my old laptops and I found one of my old writing projects on it. So I've been like, I had to like, I had like seven chapters of a book finished so like I went back and I like read it all and then now I'm going back and like essentially rewriting like, man I was an asshole when you, when you got done reading it <laughs> <laughs> I mean there was that I think that one thing that you notice when you're younger is that you always write smarter than you think you need to like you you make your characters sound more intelligent than mm -hmm. you think you should and mm -hmm. then as you like I cuz I started that project probably when I was like 22 and now I'm there, I'm going to be 33. Um, and <laughs> now that I go back and read it, it's like, I didn't need to write it that way. <laughs> you know what? There's, I'm like, there's a lot of great stuff on TV and it's hard to watch something bad because you're so, things are so recommended, you know what I mean? And you just skip over the shit that people's are, people have already looked and given crappy rotten tomatoes to or whatever. Um, but every once in a while you run into something, you're like, Oh, we're going to watch this movie. And, that's that happens on a professional level man the people mm -hmm. that are just like what like this person wouldn't say that or talk like yeah. that like i'm i know what kind of character you're trying to build here and it's like this isn't it you know what i mean it's just it's you know it's uh. fun to watch the evolution of filmmakers too like if you follow one filmmaker who's been in the business for 20 30 years and you like watch his early shit and then if he stayed in the business long enough and you watch his most recent shit, you can see like, Oh, oh yeah. this was like a kid writing. And then now this is an adult. They still, writing. they <laughs> so still maintain their identity though. And, and the, the filmmaker I'm going to bring yeah. up is, is Guy Ritchie. Cause even his Aladdin felt 
sort of like a Guy Ritchie movie and not like another live yeah. action Disney film. You know what I mean? I mean, he he's obviously mm. been all over the place. I mean, not that he's one of these. I was going to tie this back to Star Wars and say that you know it's also it's also a matter of who you've got in these roles because quite frankly mm-hmm. George Lucas didn't write great dialogue no. and if he hadn't he had did. the actors that he had you know being able to say all that shit the way they always said that George would say like well, I can't say this this is insane uh and they said it and you you know for the most part you bought it it was no George was, George yeah, benefited think, greatly from his cast and even more so from oh, John yeah. Williams uh, yeah. I, I still contend without the score, Star Wars is pretty much just Star Wars. Without John Williams yeah. and Ralph McQuarrie, yeah. it would have been a, a B movie right. that you've never yeah. heard of. Another, yeah, another goofy sci-fi movie you catch uh, on a Saturday yeah. at the drive Story or no story, even if the story was exactly All the right, same. Let's, let's kind of get back to uh, Trevor's photography, then we'll, we'll move into the Bad Batch. I know, you know not everyone's here for the toy photography stuff, but I, I do want to ask Trevor a few more questions that may benefit some of the, uh, the 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 newer photographers out there, or even some of the more seasoned veterans, but I, I guess Trevor, eh, we we lost him. There he is. Sorry. He's here. He's back. Do you do you have any of your your own influences? Like like, can you look to any other artists or photographers that kind of helped you become the the artist you are today? Or because you you I mean, shoot toys, is it just kind of like are you a trailblazer in that in this arena? No, no, I don't think anybody doing this is a trailblazer. I mean, people are shooting toys, you know, in different form or or still lifes. I mean, basically, what we're doing is still life photography. You know, it's 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 product photography. Um, the products we happen to be shooting though are you know action based toys, so we put them in you know posing that that looks really cool, as opposed to. But I, I've done eyewear that's been you know pretty cool, you know it's not it's not going to get a lot of likes on Instagram, but um, so yeah no I'm I'm influenced by everybody who's doing this constantly. I mean I see stuff um, from all sorts of people, not even people that I really admire all the time, just people like, Oh, who's this guy? Like, what is that? It could be an anomaly. You know what I mean? Um, you know, on, on, I won't go into it, but on one of my shows, we talk about, uh, the articulators, which I got to get you on. Um, we talk about, um, a, a shot that, that out of focus was the, was the, was the, um, topic. And, he had put the figure out of focus and it worked. It's it worked. And it just made me think like, Oh my God, like you, it was very cinematic. Like you were following right. the figure could have been here. And then they move past your, your focal point and the foreground was in focus and the figure was out of focus and it just worked to tell a story. And I, I love that. So all over the place that I like, you know, I went to school for art. So, you know, the, the masters Rembrandt, um, you know, Chiroscuro style, I, played with that for a little while i like light um and i like to play with the light so that all influences me but there's photographers that i see all the time that i like i can't think of anybody off off hand that i like anymore yeah, than i would else, i would but, definitely um, say at least for my it comes from everywhere film and everything my my Comic limited arts, understanding you know. of anything art i i would definitely say that you are someone that is a a master of light 
Uh, and that, that's something I like to kind of work on in my mostly static shots is, just, is, is lighting, moving lights, seeing what it'll, you know, tilt a light this way, see what it looks like in the viewer, tilt it again, see what it looks like, bring in another light, spray a little yep. of the smoke on it, see how much that's going to change the lighting. Um, I, I yep. do... I do find the most joy, at least for me, my setups, because my setups aren't really planned. I don't do the big dioramas and all that jazz. Mine's more or less, let's plop some things down, have some fun and get the lights on and see what the lights can do to the, you know, the features, to stuff in the yep. background, stuff to the side, so on and so forth. I would, I would say for anybody who's starting out, if, you know, for advice yeah, let's get wise, some tips out there. I would pick. I would pick somebody to sort of emulate because it's what all the, you know, the master, you know, artists did is they copied, of course. you know, they copied other artists um, and learned how to paint and learned what their style was. So like all my mythic Legion stuff is highly influenced by Frazetta and Boris Vallejo and uh, the Hildebrandt brothers and stuff. All the guys who did like the Dungeons and Dragons covers and stuff in the seventies and eighties. Uh, album covers and things like that um and it was a great influence for lighting for that stuff and it evolved into what i think especially in that genre is is a style i think at least with those things i have a style with star wars stuff and you know there's there's certain scenes that i'll do that i, I just call like scene recreations I don't call them that. Everybody calls them that. But they're, I'm trying to emulate the light that was done in whatever this, you know, the movie scene was. Um, and then there's things where I'll take it and just do a completely different take on something. Well, and, uh, speaking of that, uh, I actually have your the Mandal the the Mandalorian creation up right now, and this is the one where <laughs> you you used uh, Gomez on uh, the Mando Mando body as well as the little whatever those with the the Mezits. The micro mesits mm -hmm. as as Grogu, and it really is. It's a fantastic um, crossover, as we say, of of two different collecting this is, franchises. This is stuff I don't know. Do that, that that's why I remember seeing this. I was like, "Oh, look at look at Trevor kind of stepping outside of his his comfort zone a bit, <laughs> having a little fun." There here. is one, and I don't I don't know if you have it have it selected, but there was one. It was a while back, which was um, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Group oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we that was I, I uh, know for a fact that was one of your one of your top fives on the show because we we talked about and how you you created a a depth to the hallway by you know building it out a little bit with space walls, but then using an image of a hallway to give it even even more depth. I believe uh, right. no, that was one of our, I, I've also I have your. Uh, kind of your uh, memorial for Jeremy Bullock, where you had some great cinematic shots of the one six scale Boba Fett and the one six scale Vader. Uh, these are, Such these are what players. I'd say would be like your, your scene recreations or at least matching the, the, exactly. the tone of the shot. Right. Uh, but they just, I mean, yep. they just look absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, that's an old one. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll, we'll return to yeah these, these, uh, yeah, exactly. Like this is, you're trying to pick up the light and that's what I'm saying. Like if you're starting out, like take a look at a shot and, and just look at where the light is hitting things. You know what I mean? It's going to, it's going to indicate to you, like if you want to recreate a shot like that, this is where the light should come from. Now, you're not going to see everything and everything. If they're bouncing light, you're not going to see that unless they show you the BTS, which is why I try to show the behind the scenes to people. Um, you know, to, to be helpful. I haven't invented any of this shit. You know what I mean? Other people came up with this stuff. So why not? Are you share? sure? I know. Um, Cause there's some other people that get a little, a uh, little protective of techniques here. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, there, there's a lot of stuff that I do post that I probably wouldn't disclose everything that I do right. because I think at some point there's something that creates a signature, you know yeah. what I mean? But I don't think even if you took the idea that I bounce light off cards over here or I put like an, you know, a card underneath to underlight the chin, this is basic portrait photography shit. You know what I mean? This isn't something I came up with that creates my look. Yes, I do it. Um, but there's other things that, that create com composition is huge. You know what I mean? That's like, you could create a great scene and, and shoot it from too far away or just the composition is yeah, all I'd off. I'd say that's just, your MO is, is yeah. composition. I mean, you know, I, I look at this shit so much that I can, I was telling Nick, I mean, I can pretty much name toy photographers now just based on their shots. Yeah. Like I, I don't need to look at yeah. the handle and you're one that always yep. stands out because it does, it looks like a professionally shot and finished piece of art. So I think that's um, Trevor's actually going to stick around for the show. He's crazy like that. I mean, yeah. he's um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess he he does. He's looking to get kicked out of the house or something because you never know how long these go. <laughs> so he's going to be sitting down that basement for a few more hours at least. Uh, but if you have any questions Ooh. for Trevor on toy photography and whatnot, like I said, he is a good man. Uh, Trevor, and this is just my opinion. He's one of those people that you can kind of meet in an online capacity, but already feel like he's a friend, someone you've known for a, a good while. I mean, when I ran into him at Celebration 2019, as soon as I saw him, big hug, how you doing? That type of, I mean, he's just a, he is a good uh, When dude. we can hug people, right. it was so nice. Yeah, back then, I, I, I did used to be a hugger. These days, I, I stay away and like, get away get away I, I put the i put the cross symbol up and all that stuff but no trevor's a great dude um he's also as you can tell hopefully he he's he's a good conversationalist too so make sure to check out one six shooter.com you can find his links to uh, i think he's got a got some shops there some of his other work and then on instagram at one six underscore shooter as well he does a lot of other shows i mean there's the one six pack the articulators so if you want to get more just dedicated toy talk photography talk you can always catch him doing Listen that to me. but now my friend we're gonna get knee deep into the star wars so we're gonna take our uh, take a guest on a tour through the Star Wars time show as we enlighten the rest of you on all things that are important in that far, far away galaxy. And like we've been doing for the past, hell, it's been, what, eight weeks now already? Well, seven, because the first week was a double up. We're going to break down yep. the most recent episode of The Bad Batch, which is S1E8, a.k.a. Reunion, a.k.a. the one with the cowboy hat. All right, so uh, we typically go around the horn here and just kind of describe our overall impression of the episode. Then I'll go through and kind of uh, get into the schooling aspect of the eggs and the key moments that you probably should have been paying attention to as they may affect the story down the road. Um, because I am the main dude. I'll go first. I'll tell you what, friends. This was an episode for someone that gets up early with a notepad to take notes where up until about the last 10 minutes, I was going, wow, this is, it's still good Star Wars content. There's not a goddamn thing happening in this episode to move this story along. Not a goddamn mm -hmm. thing until the end. We've, we know 
the crosshair and the Empire are hunting the Bad Batch. Big deal. That's been established. We know that they don't like each other anymore. We know that crosshair is dark as fuck. I mean, he was the one killing people before. Now he's the one saying aim for kids. None of that was really new. Hell, they were still on Bracca from last week, essentially becoming um, junkers, scrappers. So I'm sitting there like, what the fuck? I don't think I'm going to have to make a video this week. Yay for me. There's literally no Easter eggs to talk about. Nothing. And then it happens. They walk into the hangar. You see some clones wasted. You're like, whoa, okay, well, we know the Bad Batch wasn't doing this. We do know that Lama Sue was thinking about hiring another bounty hunter. Maybe Fennec got here, right? Because we know she was chasing him. But then you see it. You see that silhouette in their uh, on-ramp to their ship, and you go, wow. He did it. Filoni did it again, surprised us again, brought back a character Mm -hmm. that I don't think anyone was expecting to see Cad Bane show up at this point in time. I mean, most of us diehards were still debating if Cad Bane even existed based on that Mm -hmm. uh, now useless deleted scene from the Clone Wars that used to be canon that was shown off at a star wars celebration by feloni himself um so Mm -hmm. obviously the end of this episode took it from just a wow i might finally call star wars filler content to okay they did it again it wasn't quite a luke skywalker surprise but it was one of those feelings like holy shit Yes, that was a good ending. That was a way to kind of put a stamp on this episode. And like many people said, it definitely moved things along. Like we we have a consequence now. Omega has mm-hmm. been separated from her caretakers. That's not good. That is going to lead them to start yep. doing things that we have not seen them doing, like menial jobs. Now they actually have to go kick ass and save someone again. So... I'm going to say reunion started out kind of ho-hum. We didn't have much, and you'll see once we get to the Easter eggs. I mean, there's really nothing to key on. But the um, resurgence or the reintroduction of Cad Bane and some of the stuff we now know thanks to some concept art that we'll talk about next ultimately made the episode feel like a winner at the end. Yeah. I, I agree for the most part. It it did start off slow to the point to where I was like, I got some dishes to wash, and but you know my sink's pretty close to the TV, so I'll just kind of wash some dishes and peer over from time to time to see if anything's happening. Um, I think in in any particular episode, and I think that they've done a good job with this so far. You you feel like one of the bad batch can die. Like, you know, obviously in this one, there's a more direct feeling of that because because Hunter gets shot. But like even throughout the like when Crosshair comes in with his gang and the way things are looking like fucking uh, Wrecker running with that proton torpedo on his shoulder. I'm like, dude, that thing's going to get shot and this guy's going to get blown (laughs) to shit. Like there's always a sense of danger regardless of their circumstance at the time. So I think that they've done a good job with that. Um, and yes, I mean, obviously the big moment was, was Cad Bane popping up and I, I love the old Western showdown, like the way that they executed that, because we, I mean, like when you look at that character and I've said this multiple times on the show, like Cad Bane looks unlike anybody in star Wars to like, 
he has a very unique look, not only because of his skin, his skin is blue and, and generally outside of Thrawn, you don't see a lot of like blue skin characters, but like his, his aesthetic, like he looks like a cowboy and like the fact that they literally put him in an old West showdown with Hunter and the way that that ended was fucking just spot on. Fantastic. Um, overall impressions of the episode. I mean, it, there is still, you know, like Omega has to be a focus to a certain degree and they still, you know, they kept up with that with her and Wrecker going through and with the bomb defusal thing. So I thought that that was really nice. I think, I think some of the other characters may have gotten lost in this one where it, it could have probably been a little bit easier to involve them more, especially how slow it was in the beginning. Like you almost got none of echo. Like echo was, was, was barely seen in this episode aside from like a conversation with tech at one point. Like I think when in episodes like this where it's super slow, you could have a little bit of interaction with all of them. And this one kind of missed the mark there. But um, yeah, I mean, this episode was essentially saved by Cad Bane popping in and almost ending Hunter's life with a well-placed shot. And I I, want to know how this motherfucker lived. Because like, honestly, anytime we've ever seen a stormtrooper get shot like that, they're toast. And then it's Clone Force know, 99, motherfucker. They're like Terminators. Yeah. <laughs> they're all, they're all Timex right watches. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's got Beskar under that thing or something. But yeah, that, that was kind of my, my thoughts on so the you, you two not, were not like, super Yeah, special. you two were like, huh, this is just kind of ho-hum. And then if it weren't for this ending, this would have been just kind of a... In my opinion, I'm never going to say it. I'm never going to say it. It would have been what a lot of you call a filler episode. Yeah. Cad Bane yeah. prevented it from being full filler. All right, Trevor, what, what, what do you think? I mean, yeah, that 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 shot at the end was a little ridiculous. I mean, I I don't expect that. I, I don't know. There's times when I think they're setting up Ricka um, to possibly die at some point. You know, just the relationship between he and Omega. Um, you know, I mean, they ha- it's not like these cartoons haven't gotten serious like that and people, you know, major characters haven't died. I do think it's very early on for anybody. So, you know, when when a hunter got shot, I'm like, well, he's not he's not dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not dead. I don't know how he's not dead, because you're right. Like, oh, the stormtrooper armor is like may as well be like, you know, uh, felt or something. Yeah. Um, but I, I yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed the, the, the building, although I think they've been focusing on the 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 relationship building between um ricka i can't not say these things ricka Ricka and omega ricka um a lot like okay uh, at this point like i got it well i I think i think you you hit the nail on the head there's a protector and they're they're getting this close relationship and then something's gonna happen because it's the big dumb guy and like hunter is the dad like we we can't lose hunter yet but i I think wrecker probably will be the first one on the on the chopping block and anything with a big one, a big dumb guy in a movie when they set you up and they're like, it's like Forrest Gump or anything else. When anything bad happens, man, it's just like, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, other than that, I agree. It was a filler. I mean, there were some things like, again, in that Star Wars vein of things you like, like, how did they, how does that engine still, you know, turning on and how did they, you know, how do they find all these things that are still functioning inside a wrecked, uh, um, but tech bluetoothed into it he had the pad and he's like don't worry two seconds and we're going all right here we go let me say i'll tell you what tick 
is my least <laughs> favorite character. He he sometimes he's, he's annoying the shit out of me because it's like I think in the first episode he said something like when you when were you going to tell us this to one of the other characters and then like he just holds back on all sorts of shit. Yeah, he's like, he's a like, living version of C3PO. Like, well, I just thought it was like sort of obvious. It's like, no, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> They're not that smart. He's the he's the typical know-it-all. Yeah, he's, he's like he's oh, the well, droid but not a droid. You guys don't have to worry about it. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think he is kind of taking he's, that place. He's C three PO, like He knows yeah. all the shit, but no, doesn't share it with fine. people until it's either too late or, or just at the last second. Yeah, but I mean, this is literally the halfway point of the season, yes. right? And and it made sense that, that we we kind of left with the, with the batch kind of in chaos. It, the the batch has been broken exactly. finally. Exactly. Finally, I was going to say finally. There's something that is going to take it away from this just kind of driving storyline of, you know, four, four men and a baby. You know what I mean? And it's like, OK, oh, shit, this is this is real. This this just yeah, got you, real. You Where have, she going? You have to what assume at this point here? that uh, Lama didn't just contact Cad. There, there's a good ch- chance, just like we're seeing in more of the bounty hunters where Jabba, Jabba the Hutt puts out an open bounty meaning anyone and their mom can go after it. So there's a good chance we have an mm-hmm. open bounty. So, I mean, there, there's potential to see the FET. There's potential to get, mm-hmm. you know, Dangar, some of the other Clone Wars era, uh, Bosk, clearly. I mean, if Cad's here. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible with the, the timeline. But so Dangar, that somebody pointed out, I didn't even see it when it, it aired, but there was a guy that looked... A little like Dengar no, De- uh, in the back. Dengar is actually in the Clone Wars. Like he he has an episode where yeah. you know he works with right. Asajj Ventress and teenage Boba and Bosk. I remember he's this. got a unique looking um, armor set too. I actually think I think it's Johnny Osage made a custom Clone Wars Dengar figure. Believe it or not, uh, because he well, he still has the toilet paper, but his his armor is, is different, a little more intricate. But he's supposed to, according to canon like evolve into a pretty much replacing all his body parts with that's droid. like tross timeline yeah all the yeah. way to tross he's that big like, goofy way, way looking back. he's in supposedly in, yeah, he, yeah he's in tross, that bar on, um, yeah, on that ice planet or whatever so that's why i thought maybe that character in the background was him like in some sort of evolved state or now something he still like looks point, but it's, pretty human it can't be it can't be for the timeline right, right? it wouldn't be yeah. that far along yeah. Okay. But now all, all the major bounty hunters are, are on the table at this point in time. And, and I think once we get to Nick did a post, we got some uh, episode title leaks finally. And I think there is some uh, I in, enlightening information, in those titles. I'm just going to say it right now, but I have a feeling that Fennec will be teaming up with the Bad Batch at some point in time. You heard it here first. They're they're either going to yeah, team yeah. up with Boba Fett or Fennec Shand. Mark my words. Yeah. Take it to the bank. All right, let's get into the <laughs> Easter eggs of this episode because they're quick. Like I said, I, I sit here and watch this like it is actual educational material. I have a notepad out. I'm pausing. I've got closed captions on. And really, you know, 18, 19 minutes in, I'm sitting here going, I, I might just have to start making shit up. I mean, I, I might have to actually <laughs> say like, hey, Wrecker was holding a proton bomb, just like the one Luke shot at the Death Star. It's like like I was, I was getting to that level of, all right, I have no content. Duh. I have no content for yeah. this episode. But clearly, right. the big one was the return of, of Cad Bane in Toto 360. And I just want to add that Corey Burton returned to voice Cad Bane and Seth Green was voicing Toto 360. Um, 
I don't like Toto. Toto gets fucked up. Like if you think about what how CAD has treated that droid, that droid has yeah. battered robot syndrome because in the Clone Wars he literally blows him up as a, a diversionary tactic. Like blows Toto mm-hmm. to bits. And in this one Toto <laughs> yeah. loses a thruster. Like Toto's always getting fucked up. Um, but he is a little bit of a wily bot, right? I mean, he was over there getting ready to start beating Omega in the head with his with his busted leg. Yeah, it's his foot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so those were our kind of just first references or eggs of any kind in this episode. And then at the mm-hmm. end, um, I'm sorry, I'm still showing off the scene here. I, I guess the duel itself. If you do go back and and watch the deleted duel between Boba and Cad, and if you don't know what that is, I mean, obviously you're not as big of a dork as as myself and some other Star Wars fans. But at one point in time, Cad Bane and Boba Fett were dueling over. Guess what? The fact that Cad Bane was in possession of a child. So there are still some elements of that narrative in play right here. But him and Boba Fett have a mm. duel, and this duel was shot almost identically to that now deleted scene all the way up to this pulled out really great looking landscape shot to the uh, kind of the behind the holster shots there was many mirrored moments from cad's duel with boba in this duel itself so that was those were nice references which i think somebody pointed out somewhere along the line that i watched that it was the the pacing of that and the shots the angles and the tightness of the eyes and the hands was pulled like from shoot out the okay corral or two yeah, no it's, I, I just same. read it today but because my short term or good bad and the ugly good, yeah bad, the ugly. that's, that's it right there good, no bad, it's it's it, you're you're spot on that is the exact reference where feloni initially kind of pulled this moment for and, and like i said it was a deleted moment that has kind of become like this special sauce in star wars fanboy land but now it, it kind of finally got its its turn in the sun as a finished scene clearly it wasn't between cad and boba but they did honor that deleted scene, at least in how they framed it. And then really just the last kind of egg reference was at the end. This is one of the first times, if not the first time, we had a first person's perspective in Star Wars. But if you listen to the sounds and really just some of the visuals of Hunter's visor, uh, they, they were very Republic Commando-esque. Everything from the, 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 yeah. the HUD booting up to the look of the HUD itself. So that was really it, my friends. Like I said, this is a light episode outside of the arrival of CAD, but we did have some key moments with clearly um, CAD Bane being the the massive reveal. Because uh, a lot of us, again, we were, we were kind of taking that deleted scene as life. CAD Bane was taken out at the hands of Boba Fett. That's how Boba Fett got the dent in his helmet. Check out our posts on StarWarsTime.net where I, you know, I, I clarify that bit more and I believe I loop in the deleted scene if you need it for reference. But Cad coming back, we've talked about it. It, it was a huge moment. It, I, I think he is a fan favorite. He, to me, is a bounty hunter that is just as skilled as Boba Fett, if not slightly better at this point in time because he is a little older. He's been around the block a bit more. You got to remember, Fett is still a young teen at this time. Uh, but but I mean, dude, Cad in the Clone Wars bested Jedi. I mean, he bested fucking Quinlan and Kenobi. They had two. He was one. All right. He got yeah. away. Uh, he He's no fucking joke. So I love that they decide to bring him back. And I'm going to love even more kind of discussing some of his concept art that may fill in 
some of the gaps since we last saw Cad, and it may also directly address that deleted moment. But more on that later. That's that's the tease, as we call it in the radio oh, okay. business. Yeah, because I had a question yeah, about we'll, that. We'll, I will, I will do you think off. that there's any way he makes it out of this series alive? Well, that was kind of going to be my question. Yeah, like, do you think they'll repeat that scene? Uh, let's let's hold off on this one. Okay. <laughs> no, this it's a good it's it. a good thread to, to run on because. Let's hold off on it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. It, it's like the next. It's the next topic. Don't worry. We'll, we'll dive right into yeah. it. Um, but really, it's just the, the 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 whole way they shot it just honored that scene and, and the character of Cad, his his cowboy esque roots. It was it was a beautiful thing. Uh, obviously, yeah. it's it's. I mean, this is in your face key moment. But we finally have some dire stakes in the Bad Batch. Omega has been separated from her keepers, her protectors. Uh, she's she's out there in, in the galaxy with Cad Bane, who is bringing her back more than likely to the Kaminoans. I mean, the, they've, they've been showing us that the Kaminoans are the ones that are hiring these bounty hunters. Of course, they could kind of pull a little... A little switcheroo on us and reveal that the empire has been behind it all along but i do believe this is still the kaminoans but she's out there she's not protected this is our our grogu moment you know what's going to happen who's going to save the day what cavalry are they going to use to uh, get her back will they get her back next episode or is she going to be separated until the finale of season one so uh, that was a big moment kind of having her being captured by cad himself and then clearly the um, the, the the duel between uh, Hunter as well. So that that really were the key moments. I I I have an image up here of Nala say, and I'm just kind of I'm gonna put it out there. But after she learns that Lama is willing to now essentially make uh, Omega an open contract, I feel like she had a little bit of concern about that plan. Like she was okay sending Fennec yeah. after her, because remember. Omega was essentially Nala's lab assistant. They they had a relationship, right? They weren't just uh, random clone kid and, and random Kaminoan scientists. They they seem to have some sort of a relationship bond, work the same schedule, who knows? But I, I kind of picked up on in this moment where Nala learns about the new open contract that she's a little hesitant to... Uh, that approach to getting this specimen back so they can do their 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 final solution to hopefully keep the imperial contract so let's let's keep an eye on nala i have a feeling she may in the end probably um help omega versus hurt omega let's just put it that way yeah all right yeah so that is S1E8. We'll, we have some, uh, I believe, some title names to get to for July episodes, but let's just get into the topic that my friends wanted to get in right now. And the reason I wanted to wait is because we actually got some official concept art. This came right from StarWars.com. They break down the episodes on, uh, was that, Mondays, right? So Monday. all you spoiler people, go fuck yourselves. It's fair game once Monday hits. <laughs> but we got some concept art from Angela Chen on Cad Bane. And if you study it, it reveals a few very interesting and intriguing uh, insights into the character, at least in between the last time we saw him. So first and foremost, if you're on the live stream, I'd like to point out the image I have up right now of Cad's face. You'll notice dude has a very clear 
plate grafted onto his head right where someone may have gotten shot in a duel with another highly skilled bounty hunter all right cad bane did not have this during the clone wars all right so that is a a very clear change to the character it seems to be in on a skull right where boba fett hit him in that now deleted scene if you look at the other image the reason the hat and boots are in red because those are brand new styles for those props on that character. So again, if we look at Cad's head and we see that half his skull has essentially been replaced by some form of it could be a cybernetic implant, but it's clearly a fucking plate and it's not his just natural mm-hmm. head. And we look at the next image where he has new boots and a new hat. Hat covers head. Hat was shot. Head has a steel plate in it. (laughs) Maybe this is Floney's way of still honoring that deleted scene without having Mm. to revisit it shot for shot. What say you, my friends? Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with this. Um, I mean, even in the notes, if you look at like the, yeah, yeah, I'll try like to zoom in a little bit. 3d rendering at the bottom, like they, she makes a note here. I mean, I, I don't know if this was Angela or if it was a different, it was a separate 3d artist makes a note that says, please refer to close up of head texture. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, they, like they put that in there just so people, so the, the animators would know like, Hey, this is a, a note of change. And this is definitely something that you should keep in mind when either, you know, revealing certain parts of the character or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that this is kind of felony, you know, maybe there will be some backstory brought in here. Maybe, maybe you will get to see, uh, a a glimpse of what had happened to okay. cause this this. Injury. I'm gonna stop you right there. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong, but you but you're you're setting up some of my own speculations here. <laughs> so if we are, and I'll let kind of Trevor give his two cents in a second. But if we are kind of posturing that yes, this is CAD post Boba Fett duel. There's still potential, and like I said. There's still potential for these two to meet again in the Bad Batch, because if they did have the duel in universe, we just never saw it. We just see the after effects, which is Cad with a steel plate and Boba Fett with a dent in his helmet. They're probably still going to have some bad blood. Like I said, maybe the Bad Batch might need to team up with a bounty hunter. Hence Boba Fett's introduction into the Bad Batch to help kind of go after his buddy Cad Bane or... This could be something that we get fleshed out in live action in a flashback in Book of Boba, the the kind of contentious relationship. Because these two clearly have a contentious bond, but we could get a reflection on that in the Book of Boba. But I, I do feel like this concept art more or less kind of canonizes the, the 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 deleted duel between Boba and Cad allows Dave and his team to kind of move beyond that deleted arc that, that people have seen over and over and believe it to be real and it, it was kind of his way to resurrect the character get him back in the canon tell a few more stories and potentially wrap it up again with another fight between Boba and Cad himself so Trevor I didn't really give you the floor much but what, what's your take on this revelation here I was just thinking as you were saying that, how cool would it be if they do meet in this yet again, 
and he somehow survives or, or whether they don't meet. And we do see him in the book of Boba Fett, like a live right. action Cad right. Bane where they do finally come to whatever conclusion that's going to come to um, in that, that would be amazing. I think that would really bring that. I think that would bring that character literally, obviously to life for me a little bit. I've always been on the fence about it. I liked him in certain episodes. And then there was, there was times that I was like, ah, oh, they're, they're playing up this a little, I don't know, just making him a little, uh, what's the word? It was just over the top for me sometimes, but, um, I have grown to like the character and yeah, they would be very cool. Um, it's a great observation with the head though. That's, that's, uh, it, that seems like a very felony thing to do too. Like, right. Like that's done. He's talked about it. It's somehow, is canon even though it was yeah and if you guys look and if if you're on the for the real fans who know about it we're (laughs) we're winking at you and saying all you casual fans who don't know who toto 360's (laughs) voice actor is eat it but but look at this guys like if you look down in the kind of the 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 timestamp here they were they were planning this shit cooking this shit up way back in november of 2019 so that goes mm. to show you how far out these plans are these days. So th- this yeah. could very much be Dave going, "Hey, we're 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 getting this Mando thing going. They're going to let me play in live action." You know, we technically never really did re- resolve the whole Cad Bane Boba Fett duel. Technically, right? It wasn't a finished scene. It's deleted. We can always say that. Let's let's try to figure out a way to bring him back and and we'll start in the bad batch, but we need to address the deleted scene because of the nut jobs like Matt and Nick out there. So let's let's just give him a patch on his head, a new hat. There you go. But I, I do like the idea, my friends, of you know, Cad starting here, seemingly going away. Now he's back. We'll get a few more tales with him, hopefully some Boba Fett interactions. But I do like the idea. The concept of their relationship, Cad's ultimate story being resolved in Book of Boba Fett. Uh, because I yeah, think yeah. Filoni was angling to make these two like the the ultimate rivals in the bounty hunter space. Um, he It was seemingly like they were they were, you know, Cad was older. They were pumping him up. He was the primo bounty hunter. He was the one that Darth fucking Sidious went to to steal a holocron from the Jedi Temple. So like he had a rep. He was the man. He could he could go toe to toe with Jedi. I believe he even killed Jedi. He was he's kind of the template for Boba Fett. The Boba Fett that ultimately, you know, the the, the teen Fett yeah. will grow into. Uh, so I think all along, Filoni has kind of positioned these two as ultimate rivals, and one is going to have to come out on top, and that's probably going to be our boy Tamara with the bald head, busting caps into cowboys' asses. Hopefully, <laughs> in the book of Boba. Can you yes? Can you imagine if you're him and you created this this character who's become, you know, almost on par. Uh, you know, maybe not in the general public, but in the Star Wars, you know, community on par with Boba Fett in in a cartoon. And now you're doing live action stuff with Mandalorians. Now you're going to do a live action Boba Fett. And like, I got to see this character on screen. Right. You know what I mean? With the effects abilities that we have now to be able to do it. Oh, it's he looked great. I mean, it's you, you can make this guy. You can't kill him off in the cartoons and like never see him in. in Dude, I in mean, you action. can make Cad Bane fully practical. Like, I mean, there, there doesn't need to be a CG yeah. aspect of it. I mean, he would look fantastic in live action. He 
He's about as Star yeah. Warsy as a an alien character can get in a live action setting, and I, I think you're right, man. I, I really think Filoni is kind of taking the new direction of his career as a way to import all of his contributions to Star Wars into live action. Like I think, you know, we're, we're, we'll, we'll get Ezra one day. We'll get Sabine. We've already got Ahsoka in there. Hera has technically showed up in live action via, you know, Rogue One. Chopper's been in live action. It seems to be his plan to take the characters he created for the most part and graduate them into the, um, the the live action universe, which most fans consider to be the only Star Wars, which we know those people are idiots. But hey, you can't you can't get everyone to buy into it the animated stuff. It wasn't even a consideration when he was doing Clone Wars. You know, what I mean? it would be we'd have to do a movie and there's no way yeah. we're going to do a movie about a second level yeah, character exactly. in a cartoon that I wrote. So that's never going to happen. And now fucking disney plus now it can happen oh my god yeah. we're gonna do it we're totally gonna do it it's totally gonna happen <laughs> the advent of streaming services has opened up a lot of avenues for oh, stuff it, like it's this. completely I mean, changed it it's, it so it's completely easier. changed hollywood both for the people that make shows and the people that act in them because you know even 10 15 years ago most movie actors would would throw up at the idea Stop of working on TV. They'd be like, fuck you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to reduce my star to be on a TV show. Eat a dick. Right. Uh, these days it's right. like, <laughs> you're better off getting in. It's like being on the love. Yeah. You're, you're better mm-hmm. off getting into a, a Kenobi series versus a Kenobi movie. It's going to get more legs. It's probably going to get oh, more yeah. views, make more money. Uh, so yeah, I yeah. mean, it's really the possibilities are endless. Thanks to Disney plus and all of us assholes out there that think we're smart by cutting cable. Yet we now have 55,000 streaming <laughs> subscriptions, <laughs> right? I, I remember I, I like mean, I back in my day, I created a video on how to cut cable and I guarantee you now I'm paying more than I did, I did for fucking Comcast, but yeah. I have, oh, I have okay. access to every streaming platform I want and I stare at their icons on my Apple TV every night without watching a damn show. Cause that is what <laughs> we do. All right. Hello, Paramount. Yeah. Paramount. I'll only yeah. do Paramount plus when Picard comes back or discovery comes for season four. I'm not, I'm not paying for that continuously. I can't do it. Can't yeah. do it, but I will support their star Trek shows cause they're excellent. But we're talking about Star Wars, not fucking Trek. Let's let's get back to the right. good the good star. Um, so that that's, that's kind of my take, my speculations on Cad. So just to wrap that up, I do believe in the Bad Batch. We are going to get another Cad Bane and Boba Fett interaction. At this point, with the concept art we've seen, I do not think that interaction will be another version of the duel. I think that was what we got with Hunter, especially because they they literally matched the scenes almost shot for shot. I believe even the music was quite similar. And I'm liking what Nick and, and Trevor saying. I would love ultimately for Cad's journey to be uh, honored and completed in live action via Book of Boba or, or the Mando-esque uh, franchise so you know sometimes mm-hmm. we hit on these speculations more often than not we miss but uh, those of you that like uh, taking shit to the there's bank there's three of us yeah. now so like it's yeah. got Gotta yeah. increase chance. <laughs> yeah, it's like when Nick and I predicted the uh, Rex, we we split it. I took Rex, he took Bale. Yeah. We couldn't fail, and here we yeah. go. I'm I'm you getting my my rapping again. Oh, looks like I got a former <laughs> student in here. Hey there, Dustin. How you doing, buddy? I don't let my students know that I do this until they graduate one of my classes. Uh, 
mostly mostly oh, because shit. I uh, act like a co- complete buffoon on this show, <laughs> which I guess isn't that much different than how I act when I teach. But anyways, we, we still got some bad batch shit to talk about. You know, this is Bad Batch Central. We might as well change the show to Bad Batch Time Show at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, that's really all there is to talk What's about happened? in Disney Star Wars right now. But um, like, Nick found yeah. uh, from one of the leakers and quotes out there, the, the Jordan guy, uh, but he found some Bad Batch episode titles, which I can tell you right now. I mean, we, we have access to the Disney Plus media site. It's not hard to find. They haven't provided shit for this series. Mandalorian, every Wednesday, you would get the next title and you may even get some images from the episode. If anything, after the episode, you'd get some images on this media site. And it, it enabled Nick and I to kind of do our, our stupid speculation nonsense that we do. But we haven't had any of that. I mean, we had, what was it, Nick? We had uh, titles one, two, and three. We had the first Because three. of a leak. Yeah. And now we're getting only July episodes. So episode 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So not this one coming up on Friday. We don't know what this one's going to be called. But here, here's what we got coming in July. And, and I really think these titles... I'll be right back. We got you. <laughs> okay. I really... He's got his placeholder. He's got Grogu holding his place. He's uh, he's been bit by the Star Wars time show PP bug, I bet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, Nick, here's some of the titles, and maybe you and I can figure some shit out here. So episode 10, Common Ground. That is a very ominous, Mm -hmm. if not foreshadowing type of title. Common Ground. This, to me, could be them linking up with a bounty hunter to help find Cad Bane and Omega, right? This is common yeah. ground. They both hate Cad Bane for one reason or another. Is this the Boba Fett episode? Is this a Fennec Shan team up? But to me, common ground kind of feels like they they may be enlisting the help of a nefarious character because they have a common goal. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the, the follow-up to this too it even lends more credence to that because episode 11 is called the devil's deal. So you have a common ground with, like you said, potentially a bounty hunter, but you, you know that when you deal with these nefarious characters, things don't always work out the way that you plan. So did you make a deal with the devil? What happened? Could this be uh, some consequences thrust upon the bad batch for working with somebody like, right. you know, potentially Boba Fett or another, exactly. bounty, another bounty hunter or something? Yeah. Cause you know, if you, if you make a deal uh, with someone like that, is the deal truly ever over or are they going to get yeah. one up on you or are they going to get an, oh, you owe me one on you? You know what I mean? So yeah, devil's deal is another ominous one. I mean, are they making a deal with a known bad guy? Someone that has already chased them. Like I said, maybe devil's deal. This is Fennec. I mean, she, she already came after mm-hmm. them. They already tried to kill each other, uh, but it does sound like and between you- common ground and devil's deal that, they're going to have to get mixed up with some of the, the, the shadier characters of Star Wars for their ultimate yeah. end game. And I mean, if you if we if we just look at these, the first three here, Common Ground, Devil's Deal, Rescue on Ryloth, and then kind of extrapolate that out, you could almost, you know, we were postulating, you know, do they get Omega back? in the next episode or does this continue on for an extended thread where they're doing what they have to do to try to get her back and if that's the case if it is an extended thread more than likely it's going to last four weeks all the way through rescue on ryloth which is episode number 12. so before we move to 13 
We got Ryloth. We know what family comes from Ryloth. Do we see the Syndulas in the Bad Batch? I mean, it 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 kind of Hera would have to be like a a very just like when we saw Saul. I mean, she would be at the very beginning of her rebellion journey, like the the very beginning. I mean, she'd she'd still be probably a young kid. Yeah, and it's 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 tough because it's you know you see we've already seen the seeds of the rebellion planted within the bad batch with saw and his rebels that were on uh you know that that little shied away uh camp and they they all got wiped out so they're they're planting seeds of the rebellion already you've already seen rex um and it's it's highly likely that uh, somebody like Hera who yeah, becomes just, a captain in the dude. Anytime these animated series go to Ryloth, the the Sindulas are featured, and this would be a perfect opportunity to to kind of make up for the absence of Hera in the Clone Wars because she's not featured at all in the Clone Wars, and her dad is a major character in the Clone Wars. So if they're going to be on Ryloth again, this could be their opportunity again, Filoni, to kind of go back and and, and fix some things to show little Hera with her freedom-loving dad kind of already getting on the the we're-going-to-be-rebels train. Uh, So I I just I feel like if if the batches go in the Ryloth, the Syndulas are going to be involved in some capacity. And that's that's we're looking at for episode 12, 13. The title is infested. That's an interesting one, because it's it's not as easy to to kind of pull a piece of speculation out as the last three were infested could mean a lot of things. I mean, there's there, there could be a literal like, you know, side episode of an infestation with creatures on a planet that they have to deal with similar, you know, like maybe they run into a bunch of the, the spider creatures that man. Well, I also point out Nick in, in the clone wars, there is an episode where clones and I believe maybe Ahsoka or in a Padawan, they get uh, kind of infected by these worms that make them go crazy. Okay. Yeah. Could be, it could be that I was, I could, you know, I was also going to say it could be like something to do with like, you know, infestation in terms of like, you know, the clones or something like that like did is this something to do with the with the clones making the full transition over into like active clone you know stormtroopers and infesting the different systems in the in the galaxy to put more of a vice grip on the imperial reign i mean there's a lot of different ways you could look at it i almost tend to think that this is more of like an animalistic kind of thing though like it like they're gonna have to deal with some sort of like actual infestation all right so war mantle it's almost two in your face right i mean if if you're in the know you know what that means it first showed up in rogue one it 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 was referenced again earlier in this season of bad batch but this is the uh what's his name admiral ramrod rampart this was this was his whole plan to conscript highly trained uh, soldiers from across the galaxy to make up the Imperials fighting force versus using clones. So if episode 14, which isn't even the penultimate episode of season one, because we have 16 total, if this one's war mantle, is, is it too direct to say that this is going to be the flip switching of stormtroopers versus clone troopers? You know, I mean, is, is it too I, direct, it Nick? Or are they are they, are they fucking with us, or is it exactly what it says it is? Is this going to be the the changing of the guard? 
I, could that I be the infestation? Think... Could that be the the humans, the human troopers in, infesting? Yeah, the, I mean that's uh, another way to look at. I think that's kind of what. Yeah, that's the beginning of it, and this is the the battle or the sort of you know yeah. war between them or something. The, the thing, the issue that I have with that with like the with like the full transition over to human troopers at this point would be that if if operation war mantle has been in like or project war mantle has been in full swing for this long we really haven't seen it yet right you know like we saw the first basically experiment with with human troopers when crosshair they were put under crosshairs command he had to waste one of them because they wasn't following following orders the, the way that I put it in the article was that like maybe this is when the the war machine really kicks in the high gear and you start to see the recruiting in large numbers or the conscription of 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 human non clone soldiers in large numbers to the to the imperial. Do do we war start machine. seeing these conscripted soldiers just wasting the clone troopers? Like, do you think there's a plan to just so round yet. up all the clones on Camino and just nuke them? I, yeah, I, I don't think that that was the case. I don't think that that would be the case yet. Because or are they just going to send out a, a signal to the chip that just explodes their brains and just take them out like well, that? That's what I was just going to say. Maybe the Caminos, they keep talking about they have like, uh, you know, a backup plan and a secret, you know, whatever, whatever. And maybe that's that's what that is. They're just going to like waste them all. Because I, I, you know yeah. I mean? the they way all just, they all just drop the way Tarkin has just been with the clones. I mean, he fucking hates them. He wants nothing to do with them. They cost yeah. too much and they sometimes can't be trusted. I, I just I have a feeling someone like that and then his little suck ass rampart just to suck up to him again. They're probably going to have a plan to take out a majority of the clones, just like Order 66 did with the Jedi. Uh, I, I don't yeah. think they want I, I just, don't think they want yeah. any remnants of the clone forces after what is going to happen in, in the Bad Batch. I mean, they have to be working heavy overtime to have an, enough non-clone troopers to be able to do that so soon well, like you said only we've thing. only seen the camino perspective of what the empire's up to you gotta think all around yeah, exactly, the galaxy yeah. they're they're building up the machine and rampart yeah. i mean yeah. war mantle had been going on before even the bad batch so i mean as you said yourself nick there there could be legions of these conscripted soldiers already we're, we're only they're, we're yeah, only seeing from the perspective of what's happening on camino but I, I just I have a feeling it is it's probably going to be either a a chip signal like you're dead, or yeah. they're they're just going to waste them all. It's like see ya. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it would it would be interesting to see how much control the Kaminoans actually have over this, uh, actually have over the the clones themselves, because yeah, obviously you know they were paid to build in Order sixty six and all this other stuff, but if they wanted to make like a like a last yeah, fail, fail safe. Play. Like, uh oh, we're not going to get a new contract. Yeah. Let's get all our old boys back on our side. And well, it's like if they really yeah. do fall into the wrong hands or whatever the the situation is, or the right hands, whatever, we uh, we can just take them all out. And there's a there's a switch. You know what I mean? There's or a, even there's not a kill even switch. like a, not a kill switch. I'm talking about can they turn these soldiers on the Imperials against them? Can they yeah. say like? Yeah, flip it around and say like, okay, well, we see that this is going bad for us. We're going to turn our entire, your entire force against you the same well, way the that the Republic did too. Think about this. You know. This is their business too, right? This is where yeah. they, they've got right. a ton of money, man, and they're not going to get any of this stuff once well, they that's, start Well, that's why, I mean, 
because their their plan machine go show how great their guys are compared to these human you know losers well they already know they know they're screwed they know the clone template they have now will not tarkin doesn't want it he's already told them that that's why they have this plan to get omega and her special clone juice that we think could be force infused because i mean i think it was episode three but they pretty much say like Django's shit is is whack like it's it's degraded it's it's no good we need this this special sauce we had and there's only one place to get it we were thinking maybe it was a bad batch but it turned out to be omega but they're, they're essentially saying we need to create a new super clone commando that the empire just absolutely cannot refuse as their next uh, ground right. troop so you are right trevor they're they're more concerned about the bottom line than anything but i think nick you know, that's a nice it's a good perspective to think about did they build in a a fail safe for this exact moment and and will they use it and that this could be uh, war mantle could very well be the uh, the, the fight between the the kaminoan clones their last ditch effort to maintain that it's, force and the war mantle conscripted soldiers it's the reversed order 66 it reads the same yeah, exactly way. well exactly. that's what johnny said just yep. said execute order 99 oh, yeah. yeah well that, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. that would be perfect order 99 honestly mm-hmm. um but i just i think it would be there there has to be there's no way up into this there's no way that the camino ends are gonna go quietly into the good no, night. No, they, they've already for, shown that. I mean, better term. Like, they're, they're, they are with Empire, with Imperials on their home planet. They are working behind the scenes deals to try and get Omega back to, to make a clone. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're 100% doing shady shit, even with the Empire being right there. Cam uh, and yeah. Owens are, in my opinion, they're pretty awful aliens in, in the galaxy. I mean, they, they exist to make profit off of uh, genetic farming essentially uh, yeah. they, they mm-hmm. make organic matter to be used for whatever purposes the buyer wants to use it for uh, i know it, it, it's it's really kind of fucked up i mean for for lack yeah. of a better term like these people are harvesting human i mean it's almost as bad as the fucking the the uh the sentinels in in the matrix where they're just using humans as fuel like they're using humans as as a means of cash yeah, injection. that's their economy is making stuff and selling organic beings to whoever wants to pay for them uh so they're fucked up yeah. but i think we all know they they kind of pay the the iron price right because by yeah. the time proper star wars comes around or the ot or even the even the mando timeline uh, there's humans wearing camino uh, and <laughs> lab coats now and not the aliens themselves yeah right uh, thank yeah. goodness george didn't go with some vaguely racist um, right <laughs> dialect for, for right. those guys <laughs> we could still use them uh yeah because uh, yeah. i don't know i mean i don't think they're great aliens but i also think they're gonna get theirs and at the hands of the empire and it, it will be a, a, oh, a yeah. cleansing they're way too evil they're way too yeah, dark I mean, that, and the, the whole kimono and facilities there's, will be cleansed by uh, war mantles soldiers for sure yeah, there's almost no way out of that one for sure. So, um, but yeah, these are the next, these are the five episodes that you're going to get in July, Common Ground, Devil's Deal, Rescue on Ryloth, Infested, and War Mantle. Um, and like we said, there's a lot of speculation to be had on all of them. And we, we may not see uh, Omega re 
uh, united with the with the Bad Batch until episode twelve. If you know if things play out, yeah, that uh, one to me to is, is probably the most clear. Like I, the fact, like I said, I don't want to retread too much, but the fact that they're going to Ryloth, we've never gone to Ryloth without seeing the Sindula clan. So. Uh, you can pretty yeah. much guarantee that you're either going to see Hera's dad and younger Hera or a glimpse of Hera because she she would still be somewhat of a kid at this point. I mean, unless Bad Batch episode nine is a year past episode one, which I do not think is the case. No. Uh, not a lot of time no. has passed from Order 66 until now. So uh, ages yeah. for Hera, she should still be probably <coughs> 10-ish, 12, something like that. Yeah, and Filoni loves those character cameos. Of course, yeah. I mean, it's again; these are all. This is his little world now. I mean, I know George. It's ultimately George and George blessed Dave to to carry it on. But Dave is the one that is creating and kind of uh, nurturing these characters from idea to, in the case of Ahsoka, live action debut. And going back to what we were talking about way earlier. like it's so great that these guys are just driving this because even when you talk about the Kaminoans, like the fact that that's still happening in Mandalorian, you know what I mean? Then there's some aspect of them, whether it's people who are following in their lead, you know, and they are they no longer exist or they still do exist in some diminished, you know, capacity or something like that. I think that those, t- at least Filoni or maybe Favreau too, they have a map, and they say at this point in time. This is when the Kaminoans are wiped yeah. out. You know what I mean? Or they're I would killed think, or I would they're sent so, underground. Yeah. I would, you know what I mean? And they know yeah. when it's going to happen. And it's not, oh, shit, yeah, we forgot about that. Oh, that's that's not going to work out because we killed them all, but they're still around. They know yeah, what's going to happen. Yeah, that's what happened in the, the plan, sequel trilogy. The plan. <laughs> the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, trust like, the return yeah, of Palpatine. They do it like, in fucking Fortnite. Like, that was their plan. Yeah. <laughs> their plan was to tease the return of Palpatine in Fort-ass night. Please. That still like tweaks me, but yeah, they they almost like the big timeline that they showed off at either like one of the events that they did where they had like where everything lines up. They have one of those uh, in 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 Dave Filoni's office where he has like milestone events. Like this is where this happened. This is when J- Jedi Order yeah. falls. Kamen Owens completely wiped out start of the rebellion blah 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 like all of these like landmark moments are laid out and he's like you know kind of refers to that every now and then. it's like what year is it okay it's this year all right all these guys are dead so can't use these anymore yeah i, uh, I try i mean yeah, he's thought about it so much that he's got justification for all the stuff that people pick holes in it's like no there's a right. reason that happened and yeah. he's got yeah, justification if you guys think it, we're great. nuts or, and we're just blowing floney i mean we technically are and he deserves it but go watch and listen to what he says in the first season of the, the Mandalorian behind the scenes. He's in the first episode. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All you have to do is yep. listen to the man talk and you will understand that this might sound sacrilegious, but I believe Dave has a better grasp of Star Wars than even George himself did towards the end. Dave just, he knows it's like George took his brain and downloaded shit into Dave and said, it's on you now, my son. And, 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 and Dave is running that, with that. But I mean, Dave made the big, Dave made yeah. the duel in the Phantom Menace sound like something you could write your doctorate thesis on and how Qui-Gon yeah. is the yeah. true reason. That, That's exactly what I was referring to. And how to. Qui-Gon's yeah. the true reason that Anakin got fucked up because Qui-Gon died and Qui-Gon was going to be the father that Obi-Wan could never be and blah, blah, blah. It's just it's beautiful mm-hmm. shit to listen to this man talk Star Wars. Yeah. 
George Lucas is a fantastic conceptual story designer. And that's kind of, you know, what he really did with the first trilogy. Like he was, he was the story creator and, and essentially designed all of the, the set pieces around which he, he's still God. Evolved. And if you want to get like Christian stuff, Floney is Jesus. Okay. George yeah. is God. Yeah. Floney is Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, yeah, Dave is really good at filling in minutia and building out story arcs and stuff like that, which has been seen a lot. He uh, sent us his son his with the animated to stuff. cleanse us of <laughs> all our sins. Rare thing. Like, that's the type of thing. It's rare to have that person that can step in. Like that's what they talk about with Tolkien. And I know they're doing some, some new stuff on Amazon with that. And, mm-hmm. and people are like, ah, you know, Tolkien's dead. It's over. There's no more new stuff that's you it. can't write. But if you find that right person who could pick that up and understand it the way Dave Filoni understands this stuff and live it. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah, that's a great then point. That's a great stuff point. That's really good. That stands up to George's original stuff. Yeah, you know? dude. I, like, I I just watched a forty-five minute ep, like long YouTube series on the like the origins and story of Morgoth in Lord of the Rings, <laughs> and like I like, watched that like, stuff. <laughs> Tolkien never like yeah like you know he wrote about that in like Sprinkles and the Silmarillion yeah. and a lot of the other like unpublished yeah. works and stuff like that but y- you're right like the, the like the new Lord of the Rings series is going to be really good because the second age has been talked about a lot and like it, it it pops up in his his lore and stuff but there's enough there for good storytellers like a Dave Filoni to really go in and flesh out like it, okay, get that so, person Hopefully they yeah, have that you, person. If, yeah, hey, yeah, don't, yeah, don't exactly. you guys start trading Floney over to LOTR? Like he, we, we're keeping him in Star Wars, motherfuckers. We're not, we're not trading his his yeah, ass yeah. to another, you know, if he's got another to, fiction if he's got some franchise. Free time, they might be able to use him. <laughs> All right, fellas, let's let's kind of move on to the next one. And I'm I'm excited for this series coming up. Not that we got a lot here, but we we did get some news on Star Wars Visions, which if you remember from back in December of 2020, the real Star Wars Day. Um, Visions is going to be a brand new style of Star Wars storytelling where it's all going to be handled by, are they all Japanese, Nick? I can't remember, but yes, all 10 different Japanese animation studios will be, um, not telling a concurrent, like it's going to be like a a collection of shorts. Uh, Think, um, yeah, like an anthology. I don't know if you guys were, were big fans of Halo, but, uh, at one point in time they released a, a Halo Blu-ray that was a, an anthology of, I believe a Asian inspired uh, short stories and it was fantastic. The way that like, I always liken it to the animatrix. Yeah. Okay. There like, you go. That's even better. More people probably yeah. know the animatrix versus the, the yeah. halo stuff, but the blade yeah. runner um, DVD from the new movie came out with yes. uh, a very uh, well, anime inspired, which was fantastic. Right. I was like, please, continue this so somewhere now that we've kind of now that we've kind of set the table for you that that's what visions is going to be for star wars or, or at least the way it's been sold to us and we learned last week that we're actually going to get a little bit uh, of an update i, I don't know if it's going to be a sizzle reel maybe a, a trailer or first look at animo expo light which is going down on july 3rd Thank you, Joey Dahl in the chat. Yes, Halo Legends is well worth watching if you're a Halo fanatic like myself. But uh, Visions is finally going to, you know, get get talked about again, shown off hopefully at this Expo Light. But more importantly, and I don't know if this was kind of out in the ether before, 
But based on the quote here, as I will read to you, joint host Chastity Vincencio and Lucasfilm executive producers Jackie Lopez, James Waugh, and Josh Rhymes, Cubic Pictures and co-executive producer Justin Leach, and producer Kanako Shirasaki for an inside look at Star Wars Visions before the series debuts on Disney Plus later this year. That's that's big. So I, th- I, I think nice. that's as official as it's been made that Visions is going to be a, yeah. a 2021 release on Disney Plus. Beautiful. Um, yeah, because that was never like I, I watched the investors call and that's where this this uh, series was announced last year. Um, and they did not have a release date on it. They they basically just said it's an yeah, anthology always, series. They shared. I some felt like KK was like, yeah, they're all coming out in 2021, and they weren't, and some were, and some weren't. It is nice that we're finally getting a little more clarity. Uh, so I think yeah. we can safely say at this point, Visions and Book of Boba Fett will hit Disney Plus before 2021 is through. We, we know books yeah. book is coming. They're, they're not going to go a full yeah. cycle without a show from the Mandalorian timeline. So you can, you can, exactly. you can bank on book, but it now sounds like Visions is going to drop as well before the end of the year. Yeah, didn't they I'm say excited. there wasn't really going to be a gap between anything? I mean, Marvel is going, Loki, and I don't know yeah. what's happening with Loki actually, but maybe that's the next thing. There's six more... Six more episodes of the Bad Batch, or um, eight? No, there's so eight. There's eight yeah. more. Eight more weeks. There's Sixteen so that's total. Two, yeah. That's two. Yeah, no, months. man, Trevor. Bad Batch goes yeah. through August, man. I mean, it, it's a. This is one of their longest yeah, ones yet. So you could see this hitting in September. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, easily. I could. Like, I could see cool September, right? September, September, October. Considering that we got Mando yeah. S two. What was that? November of last year. It kicked off. Uh, so, yeah. and then we get book. You know, if you if that releases in December, then. That yeah, should book, ride you right the, through. Okay, we got to clear. We got to I mean, clear this up again. Week, this is, this Remember, is a, Mando season three isn't coming until the fall of 2022. All right, everyone, just yeah. That, that's how that's happening. Book of Boba Fett, like yeah. we said, and then a bunch of people ran with it as you know they created it. Book of Boba Fett is Mando mm-hmm. 2.5. All right, we we are going to get yeah. some backstory now. We know that Tamara told us last week, but it is also set in the Mando's timeline. We know we're going to see Din. It's going to progress that story as well, while also fleshing out some of Boba's past. So yeah, Trevor, I, I think uh, September October for Visions could definitely um, be the deal because you know, guys, with this one, if they're shorts. Do you see them doing a 10 week release cadence or do you see it just showing up in full? If it's if it's shorts, which it's still not clear yet, I I don't think they're going to be shorts. But if they are, then they're probably going to do like a mass dump like net like Netflix does and just let you watch them all at once. If they like I'm hoping that they are closer to like TV length, 30 minute long episodes um, yeah. And then they could do a 10 week yeah. release schedule because it'd be weird to yeah, say like, oh, once a week, you get two minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, w- I didn't I didn't I guess I wasn't under the impression, but it could easily be that that they were going to be like the love, death and robots or something. That's on yeah. speaking of which like, it could be anywhere. That's that series fucking kicks ass. Now. Everyone, everyone needs to watch both seasons of Love, Death, Robots. And they do address each of those 
items in pretty much every episode love death and robots it's not just always robots or love or death but there is a a mix of them and and this season wasn't as long as season one didn't have as many episodes but damn they were fucking good like that that one and i I don't want to that's the the one in the future where they you know a guy's job is to essentially eliminate certain members of the population i mean there's some fucked up shit in there but it's 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 very good little short so i'm glad trevor if that's an in if that's an indication of the type of animation you know even even the quality of the animation which i'm sure is what it is is we're going to get with this it's going to be ridiculous amazing i mean imagine all that stuff with star wars like i I don't want to it's going to be more anime style i do too like it's it's going to be yeah, it's going to be cuz these these are from Japanese. The way that they put it is it's from Japanese animation studios, but it's like the 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 concept art that they showed off was definitely like anime style. So like, you know, Death Note and mm. you know, like like anime shows I, I wouldn't say Ghibli. like Dragon Ball Z like crazy Studio stuff Ghibli. like that, like Castlevania and uh, all kind that. of like that. Yeah, like a style like that is probably what we would see. Hell, from, they from could this. just re-release all those Galaxy Adventure shorts and say it's Visions, and I'd be happy because I mean those yeah. things had an, an anime you, style they, and they were kick-ass. They re-released the movies all in that style, like the com- complete movies. I'd oh, be hell all yeah! Over that I mean, it, I love those it things. would technically be Boy. somewhat sacrilegious, right, to do, especially for the original trilogy. <laughs> but I'm with you, man, because I, yeah. I, I loved, I loved okay the tone it. and the in the visual style of those Galaxy of Adventures. So check those out if you've never yeah. seen them. I believe they're on Star Wars Kids YouTube. Her. Yeah. What do you guys? One quick question: Did, Are you guys excited for something? Yes. Because like for me, this is literally like George pulled so much influence from Kurosawa, you know, yeah. Akira Kurosawa movies Kurosawa. and stuff like that yep. from from Japan, and then now the country where essentially that that helped influence and build Star Wars has their first opportunity to really play in the sandbox, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. really excited to see what these people can come up with. Yeah. And if like things like that uh, TIE fighter short that somebody did a while ago or in, you know, that to me reminds me of like what this this style of animation could be, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, like super yeah. intense. Yeah. Like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, it's that it's that anime where, you know, oh, it looks like God. they're all on meth or something. Right. They're all like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's. it's I know what you're saying, Nick, like to be like in a Japanese style and to take even like the Jedi aspect of it and make it a little bit more of that Asian uh, feel and some of the, you know, some influences from Asian culture and put it in there would be really, really cool. I'm totally even if it's off the mark in terms of canon and they're like what if stories, whatever. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm down for something unique, Star Wars, and and I think this will be one of the more unique things we'll get. So it's it's good to hear that it is hopefully debuting later this year, but if you want to try and get your your first look at it, I'm assuming they'll give us a little bit of a a little bit of a peek. July 3rd, Anime Expo Light. You know, our two dumbasses will probably be talking about whatever they do on this show after the fact. All right. So we were all right. Next piece up is another Disney Plus related. I don't item. like and this it's, one. It's, it's I don't like this. Yeah, Matt. Matt hates it. When Matt first heard that this could be a possibility, he's like, "This fucking I just sucks. I hate it. It's gonna ruin my I, whole I feel, schedule." It, it's not even so much schedule. Um, it just doesn't. I, 
and I'm going through it now with Loki. Like Loki's two episodes in, it's a really good show, but I cannot physically bring myself to watch it on a Wednesday. I can't do it. And what Nick is about to tell you is that Uh because, you know, some executives over there saw that they had the the biggest release ever of a Loki on a Wednesday. Now all shows are going to be Wednesday releases and. I don't mm. like it. I don't like it, especially for Star Wars. Star Wars has become Friday to me. Bad Batch, Mando mm. season one, Mando season two. I, I just I don't want it shifted to Wednesday, but it looks like some yeah. some suit was like, hey, look at that. Loki's numbers. I mean, let's think about this, fellas. What does a a record-breaking streaming show really mean? Like, what does that mean? We had the most people watch this because it was on a Wednesday. What does that fucking mean? They were watching it. Did they sign up to watch it, or did they just watch it? Like, who gives a shit if they watch it on a Wednesday versus Friday? I would care if they're like, yeah, we had a record number of sign-ups on a Wednesday release, yeah, yeah. but a record number of views? Who gives a fuck? Yeah, I yeah, it's know. not like Nielsen ratings or anything like you've got to exactly. You're not selling fucking ads. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, I mean, the big thing that they pointed out was that they said was it was to accommodate the increased volume of original content on Disney Plus, which is true. There's a ton of original content on Disney Plus, not even just Marvel, Star Wars related. Like, there's original Disney Plus series. Like, if you have like my girlfriend is a huge high school musical fan. Like she has been from when she was younger. So we watch high school musical, the musical, the series on Disney plus, and that's currently in its release schedule. Then the new mighty ducks series, which I watched cause I was a huge mighty ducks fan growing up. That's that also released on the same cadence. So I think what they're trying to do is like, um, like, I don't know how shifting your, Bro, so, so what's the difference? They're still going to dump volume. them all in one day. Right. I mean, it fixes yeah. nothing, Yeah, but why it, not do, why not do Marvel on Wednesday you. and keep the Wars to Friday? You know, it was a That's great, what I first of all, say. there's a lot less spoiler stuff. I think, well, I mean, there is with the Marvel stuff. You still got to avoid it, but it was just a nice way to go into the weekend knowing that I don't have to avoid the internet on Thursday to, you know, to not, if I didn't get the chance to watch it on Wednesday night, you know what I mean? Um, to, yeah. to miss it, all that. It, and it was just a nice, I don't know, like you said, Matt, and it's, it feels like back when Sunday was Disney day, you yeah, know what I mean? Like did the wonderful world of Disney was on Sunday, every Sunday. And now we've had that for a year and now it's like, yeah, we're going to stop doing that. Like, it just, I don't know. I mean, it, it, yeah. it was becoming almost, you know, when these new star Wars shows release, it, it became, it was almost an extension of the weekend that they're, they're releasing on Friday. Yeah. I mean, but, so the West coasters, so, they, they would, they would start their weekend with watching a new episode of the Mandalorian because they'd get yeah. to see it at midnight where our, our lowly East coast asses had to either get up at three in the morning or, or five or six in the morning like I would but it just it felt like a Friday activity doing that on a yeah. Wednesday feels one, like a fucking job and taking it up the ass in my opinion so one thing that they did not call out but is likely has likely played a role in their decision to move it is that Friday is also Netflix content drop day so they're so by shifting it yeah like you now don't have just, to compete with Netflix original content drops. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. You'd think they'd want to I know. The like whatever happened to fucking good old <laughs> capitalism here. I mean fucking compete, <laughs> motherfucker. Go toe After to toe. All the bullshit that they've gone through with them. You'd think they'd want to build I mean they're the, the ones like, oh we, we already I have mean, 100 million subscribers. Like they're already yeah. outpacing what Netflix did early on. Like I mean just just 
go fight them show them who's boss who gives a shit yeah. it's, no, it's, I mean, it's, I, it's all I streaming agree. guys it's not like I, they release at a certain time like I, it's like they still have old tv executives here making decisions based on uh, the the medium that has fundamentally changed i mean people do not consume tv there is no more appointment tv anymore we don't have to set our yeah. our, our dvrs or vcrs we just watch shit when we want to because it's almost all on demand so i don't know it's it's like trevor said leave, leave give give wednesday to mcu it's, if you want to beat your chest and be like oh loki had the most first ever views on a wednesday well good for that what does that mean in the end it doesn't mean shit it doesn't mean anything no, i agree i agree with i agree with trevor is that i don't know you should have content release days for certain pieces there of you content go. like disney originals release on saturdays star wars originals release on fridays marvel originals release on wednesdays and then that way it's the key to a brand like you are building a brand and you want to be like oh saturday is is it was like the i don't know like the mickey mouse club was like monday is math monday or whatever the fuck you know what i mean it's like you you repeat it and you get it ingrained and you will beat out whoever is beating you once people know the cadence of when things are coming out wednesday is marvel wednesday you know, Friday is Star Wars Friday. I just, I don't know. It, no. it seems stupid. I mean, just, this is arbitrarily changing. This is me and and my privilege here whining like a little baby. <laughs> but it's just like, hey, yeah, know. you know, this the, these are the type of, of problems I bring on myself. But I, I, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I never. I, I don't think Star Wars should ever bow to anything Marvel related. <laughs> just leave it on fucking Friday and be done with it, you cocksuckers. I agree. Okay. Story time with Matt, my friends. We got a comic to talk about. Yes. I'll, I'll get through this one quick because this wasn't a War of the Bounty Hunters Prime. This was one of the crossovers. So this was Star Wars 14, which again is still set in that post ESB timeline. But it is now starting to weave its narrative in with the War of the Bounty Hunters. And, and the big canon takeaway we got here, and it's just one panel, but I, I try to highlight some of the canon in these comics because it is legit. It is new. It is take it to the bank type of stuff, but Amelyn Holdo herself, even before she patented the Holdo maneuver, helped Princess Leia track down Han Solo before the events of Return of the Jedi. Uh, so in this comic, we actually mm-hmm. see that Amelyn, she seems to be like out and about, like, I don't know if she's a spy or a ground troop, uh, but she calls in to Leia and says, hey, Leia, we, we've picked up some chatter on what's happening and, and we pretty much know where Han's at and Crimson Dawn, this, that and the other thing. So that that was kind of our, our new entry into canon. Holdo, yeah. even way back then, you know, I know Leia and Holdo knew each other. That was established in TLJ, but they, they made it seem like, hey, we were we were in kind of like Padme. We were in that ruling class school together. But this comic let yeah. us know that, no, Holdo was out there fighting the good fight on the front lines, maybe a spy, who knows. But she gave the information to Leia that Leia needed to go find that Han was captured by Crimson Dawn. And they're having this big auction with all of the players in the galaxy uh, to kind of draw them in. And like I said earlier, to kind of bring uh, Crimson Dawn back to um, uh, galactic politics, if you will. It really was a travesty that, I mean, and, and, you know, the, the filmmakers couldn't have known this at the time, but that, that Amelyn Holdo was died in that, in episode eight, like, yes. I thought she was a fantastic character. Oh. And I think that 
she really embodied the spirit of the new resistance better than any of the like the characters at that time did and like i feel like if they would have known like if if ryan and and rom bergman his writer producer partner would have known that carrie fisher was going to die or like carrie fisher you know couldn't be really carried over properly. <laughs> she couldn't get off like, the crap They could have made that. Yeah, like they could have made that switch to where maybe it was Leia who sacrifices herself, and would that would have been a gut punch to every Star Wars fan ever. But like, mm-hmm. then you could have had the character yeah, the of Amalyn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know that you could have had that character live on, and I think that she was a powerful character, and I'm glad to see that they're reincorporating her into canon yeah so see i haven't read anything about her but i got i this is where my bitter star wars fan part of me comes out like that whole time in that scene i was like i wanted this to be akbar this should have been akbar this should have been akbar's time it should have been akbar's sacrifice you know what i mean like he 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 deserved hey you know what i mean he he got his big moment trevor and it's a trap out the window and it's like dude i'm gonna say like they they killed him in such a shitty it's a trap is is akbar's moment they're like fuck him he already got his moment he he's already out there in the star wars lexicon we gotta we gotta create a new thing deserved a hero's death (laughs) i know i agree now you just bring in like this chick that i never heard of and she's oh she's a general and and now she's gonna be the hero in the 20 minutes that I've known who she was. I don't know. I'm sure they're, I'm sure she's a great character in hindsight and, and, you know, the comic books and stuff, but that's, that's just my bitter fan. Shit. <laughs> bitter Star Wars fan. No, I, I liked Holdo. I thought she had, Hey, it was, it was, it was to, to Laura Dern, fucking smack Laura Dern like with purple so. hair and a, a form fitting dress. I'm okay with it. I, I, I love Laura, so <laughs> let's let's quit making fun of Holdo here. But anyways, back to the comic. So Holdo <laughs> gives him the lead, and this is where Leia again. This is all post ESB shits in disarray, but this is when she she's finally like, you know what? It's time to go save Han. Uh, so I guess that's new canon too. Leia herself actually left with Chewie, Lando of all people, Lobot to go to this auction, all right? And and sure as shit, Lando is still quite shady at this point in time, still has no love for the Rebel Alliance because we learn that while he is going to help Leia try to rescue Han, he's also going to follow up on his promise to Bib Fortuna to give him this protocol droid that the Rebels use to create a new code language. Uh, so Lando is still planning to sell out the Rebels even as he's helping the Rebels. Uh, so this uh, Lando to me is one of the more interesting characters in this comic run because we didn't get this Lando at all in Return of the Jedi. By Return of the Jedi, he's a fucking general. He is pulling off maneuvers at the Battle of Teneb. He he seemed like right. he was all for the Rebel Alliance. <clears throat> but at this in, point yeah. in time, he's still ready to sell them out for what they did to Lobot, trying to get this protocol droid to talk. And, and even on this mission... He is bringing this droid to shoot out an airlock to sell to Bib, so he's getting shady. But uh, typically, in, in what happens to shady people, as the bot's getting flushed out the airlock, he goes, "Wait, I can actually save your friend Lobot. 
I can actually <laughs> fix him. Even though I fucked him up, I can save him. So Lando's like, oh shit, just flushed him out. I didn't tell anyone what I'm doing. So now he's trying to get, you know, Chewbacca to, to, to do a U-turn to pick up the droid. <laughs> it was a very Lando type of moment, like more young Lando than yeah. old Lando. Um, but anyways, the, 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 the comic ends with uh, the Falcon crash landing on the planet that Crimson Dawn is holding their auction because the um, Black Sun faction shows up like right out of hyperspace, right where the Falcon's at. Chewie kind of runs into him, starts a little, hey, you know, you hit me, I'm going to hit you type of chase. And, uh, you know, Chewbacca can fly that that hunk of junk pretty well. So he gets away, but they do kind of crash on the planet right next to where they're going to have this event and, and that's where it ends so uh we're at this point in time the rebels are ready for the auction the huts are at the auction vader is almost there i have a feeling this week i'll learn more about that because that releases on wednesday uh the bounty hunters aren't quite there yet but they've picked up some new information so right now i think issue two of war of the bounty hunters is going to fully dive into what is Kira really going to do with Han and Carbonite? Is she going to sell them to Jabba? Does something else happen in between? Because we all know that at some point in time, Boba Fett does get his quarry to Jabba the Hutt. We just yep. don't quite know how that's going to go down at this point in time. We know Boba wants to kill Kira now because she stole Han in the first place. Uh, so will he do that? And is that how he gets uh, Han back and oh, delivered man. to Jabba? Will something happen at this auction that allows Boba to get Han back before the auction takes place? Who knows? But that's why I'm digging the War of the Bounty Hunters, which I believe is going to continue up until this fall with all of the Star Wars current comic runs. So like I said, awesome. not a long one there. I got two questions. Yes, sir. How's the art? Uh <laughs> I'll tell you what. Matt's been complaining about the no, Star Wars, I, I, the most recent yeah, Star it's, Wars. So I will tell you, like the Darth Vader book, it was it was a cool story, but it I kept getting pulled out of it because I forget who the artist was, but they kept using scenes from the movies that I could clearly see when they were drawing Han at this angle. It was from that scene in Empire. Or when it was Luke, like it was, it was literally the same angle that they they're used not, in, from a, they're a not, screen cap, right, you know right. what I mean? They're not necessarily doing that, but I will say it seems like, I, I, I don't know if it was over the pandemic or whatnot, they couldn't get the certain guys and gals in. But I feel like the main Star Wars run and the Vader run got a little wonky looking on the art. But these recent runs, it's, it's, it's gotten back to normal, I would say. Uh, there's, it still seems like there's a, a double panel in each, uh, issue that seems to be, all right, this was our, 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 our huzzah art piece moment for this issue. Um, right. but overall they, they've gotten better, but I'll tell you what, in 2020, late 2020, some of the art was getting, I don't know if I call it lazy cause I can't even draw a straight line, <laughs> but it, it just did not, it, it looked like 1970s comic book art and illustrations. Uh, the coloring didn't look saturated. It just, it did not look great. Hmm. Um, Interesting. But the, the war of the bounty hunters run to me have been pretty damn good. I mean that, that black Boba Fett when he spray painted himself all black and call himself Django, that, that was a, a choice looking panel right there. My my other question is on Holdo, and you may have said this. So, I always assumed that that Leia wore gowns and things like that in sort of a 
she's she's royalty, right? She's royalty. To me, she's royalty. Uh, even though she's in a military situation, and she didn't always wear that. She wore some military clothes, obviously, every once in a while. So what was what's hold those deal? Is that just a thing for officers, female officers in the rebellion? To, yeah, it, or is it, it seems. Just a of her, it seems once. Her, yeah, once once you get on a flagship and you're at the general level, you have to wear like ball gowns. Ball gowns. Because because <laughs> even Leia, you know, she threw on her blue one for TLJ. You know, she she was kind of she yeah. was dressing like the rest of her forces in TFA. But by the end of TFA and into TLJ, she was wearing some pretty regal looking shit. But no, in this comic. Trevor, she's, I would almost say she was sporting the Jin Erso's poncho look from Rogue One. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. okay. A little bit more practical. Right. So, so I didn't know if we knew that that was a, some sort of indication that you were an officer or if it was just from your background on whatever. Yeah, I don't know. That, that is funny to, to think about. Royalty, you wore these gowns <laughs> and if you weren't, you didn't, you know. Yeah, it, it is weird. You think about it's it. weird. I mean, really, even in even in the original trilogy, if you look at General Dodonna and stuff, I mean, he he has on like a muumu almost, right? Like, I mean, they, they just they kind of <laughs> yeah. have just flowing yeah. roby type of stuff. So you you yeah, you, and Mon Mothma, yeah, you may you be know, on the something. I was, you may be on the just thought that was where they were from or you, something. You may be on the something there. Once you hit a certain level in the Rebel Alliance, you, you kind of dress like it's old England and you're going to court or something nice for success. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. It's like a basketball coach. It's like a professional like professional basketball coaches all wear suits on the sideline it's the most impractical shit ever like you're running up and down the sidelines and you're running you're yelling at your players and shit and you're in a full suit like i guess i think i think football coaches i used to like that when the football coaches football coaches probably do it the best They're, they're like in between uh basketball and and which is just to me, it's hilarious. But but baseball that the managers wear fucking uniform. I mean, you gotta love that these old guys are are, are dressing up with their stirrup socks and putting on like knee bocker, <laughs> knickerbocker still. Um, but but yeah, it seems like the NBA takes it too far. The NFL gets almost slovenly with, with especially with the likes of, oh, of Belichick. Bill Belichick. Uh, yeah, but then you, but, but then you have the baseball screen. where they're they're still pretending they're actual players. Yes, dear. It's true. I'm leaving now. Goodbye. Where are you going? I'm I'm going to store to get the Barbie first that I want, and then I'm going to swim lessons. All yeah. right, bud. Do well. May the force be with you. May the force. All right, there we go. Oh, she, she got the whole thing right. May the force be with show, you always too. Yeah, sorry about that. She she doesn't give a fuck about what daddy's doing. I, mean, <laughs> I, I could be teaching a, a classroom full of students that paid thousands of dollars to take my class. She'll still come right on mic and be like, "Hey, I need I need to eat. <laughs> I need a snack." It's like, well, you're five now. Go up and get it. You know where they're at. I see you all the time in the candy bag. Why do you need me to get you the good snacks? You know, you, you somehow find the, the, the sugary shit by yourself. But when you want like an actual meal, you need the old man. All right. So that that's kind of my update. We'll, we'll be doing another one next week because I believe Darth Vader releases this week and they're all crossing over. So we will get that recapped for you. All right. So, you know, good thing Trevor is here. He's another collector. We're moving into our our, our, our collecting segment of the show. So, you know, we're, we're getting close to the end. We're getting close to fan segment, which means we probably got got another three hours to go here uh, but we're, we're not gonna, as you guys do this i will take yeah my go ahead and take your piss break. um 
so far I'm feeling good. I may have like fixed my prostate issue for some reason, but yeah, really, th- th- dude, th- this could be the third episode in a row where I don't have to break to go take a leak. But anyways, Trevor, let, let's. I thought you got one of those leg catheters <laughs> or something. Like I do. I've had a catheter before. <laughs> I, I would never be able to stick one of those into my dick hole by myself. I don't know how people do it. <laughs> I think it goes over. Uh, oh, no, I've had them in that they they jam like this green bristly tube right into that hole. All, oh no no no! I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like a sports like a stadium oh, pad or something. Like you, you know what? I, and then you. Just, I've yeah. always wanted to at least try an adult diaper at at like a concert or or <laughs> a sporting event because I'm someone that once I start drinking and I break the seal, I it's over. Like it's it's every ten to fifteen minutes, which ruins the event. And oh yeah, no, I'm with you, but I can't. No, there's no way I'm sitting in my own. Yeah, you'd own, have to be no. pretty fucked up to just actually to even pull the trigger, right? Like to even get it started, just sitting yeah. there. Yeah, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So let let's get to all these all these stupid exclusives that were revealed last week, and I'm a little angry because, uh, like a lot of you in the in the collecting community, those of you that are fans of Hasbro, I mean they they have the Star Wars license, they put out the Black Series, they put out the Vintage Collection, uh, they tried their hand at the Hyper Real. Who knows what's going on with that? But these days, it seems. Uh, Especially in a, in, a, in a capitalistic nation, it seems like they don't want to make as much money as they could possibly make anymore. Uh, because last week, and, and this is nothing new, Trevor, this has really been kind of the trend uh, with a lot of these Hasbro reveals in 2021. They seem to mm-hmm. grab some highly coveted figures and make them mm-hmm. retailer exclusives, which always Mm -hmm. sucks for real collectors because anytime you you hear the word exclusive your heart kind of drops because you know that the experience of getting it is going to be a nightmare it causes fomo you start getting your your click finger ready and you know for the most part you're probably going to lose to the bots anyways and and you're either going to have to kind of have an internal conversation of Am I going to take it up the ass willingly and get the figure through eBay or am I just going to forget about the figure or am I going to try to get lucky and just refresh on a random day at a random time and maybe some stock will be in there? And am I going to renew that prime? Right. Membership? Yeah. yeah no. the, the Hasbro pulse <laughs> shit. The, it does. No, it's awful. And I'm, I'm sorry you missed that episode when I when I made that PSA, but no one should ever, ever, ever pay for the hasbro pulse vip whatever it is uh th- i got i got sucked in man i got fished oh, in I've, I've done it myself that, that i've done it myself push. once i'll never do it again but all you really nope. get from that and it's not even that big of a benefit especially if you just buy stuff is free shipping that's really all you right. get yeah but you get free shipping right. from there anyway as long as you spend like 30 dollars. you buy 50 right. so yeah exactly yeah so yep. Th- that is a waste and and they actually they sell out of standard black series figures in like three minutes but that i've i've already railed on them for that that makes no sense to me if i'm hasbro mm-hmm. i'm making these fucking things and i know the fan base wants them why would I ever yep. give them to other retailers to sell? But hey, whatever. I guess I don't know their business model. But last week, they they, they did more of their bullshit, right? They unveiled some what I would think are highly coveted figures for most Black Series collectors, in particular in the Imperial Crosshair and the Bad Batch Rex, as well as the mm-hmm. uh, 212th Clone. All right. All of these were made retailer exclusive, retailer exclusives. 
at the worst possible retailers. All right. I know Target gets a bad rap, but sometimes if you cross your fingers, rub your belly and jump on one hand or one leg, you can actually potentially get a Target exclusive. Not for me. You wouldn't even think that there was a Star Star Wars section in my. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, most of now now let me put in the the, no- the caveat of if you have a Yak Face provided link beforehand, <laughs> because <laughs> otherwise you can't find any of these yeah. fucking fucking exclusives on any of these sites. It's like they they purposely hide the shit to allow the bots mm-hmm. and the, the assholes to just sit there and suck them all away uh, right when the green light goes on. Uh, but I mean. Crosshair Walmart, Rex Walmart. Right when you hear that, you're like, well, I pretty much I have a 10 percent chance of getting these for retail. 10 percent at best. Um, I I tried for him because why not? I keep telling myself I'm quitting quitting Black Series, but I really like that Imperial Crosshair. And, you know, Rex is cool, even if the figure the the figure is a little janky. It's a shitty poncho, whatever. But I was going to try for him. I went there right at one o'clock, right? gone sold out apparently walmart didn't even turn the fucking uh the ability to buy them until like 107 so it's just this happens all the time with these retailer exclusives they're they're never available at the time they tell you and if they are they're gone within a minute to two minutes tops and then with this prime why are you not if you're if you're touting the fact that you can get some of these retailer exclusives on hasbro pulse for a limited time for prime members why not give me that right. and the, i don't you don't even get no. that there's no benefit to this prime whatsoever and yeah walmart forget about it you'll never see it on the shelves you can't get it online um yeah it's just it's a shit show it, man and i don't understand because like you're saying do you do you not want to make money that's what like, that's what absolutely just drives me insane trevor because You would think that they have data and they have analytics. They visualize these analytics. You would think they they know trends. They know buying trends. They can probably analyze social media chatter to, to put a general interest level in a new product. You would think, especially with Star Wars, with all us nuts out there that are, you know, into our our elder years, some of us still FOMOing out on little pieces of plastic. You'd think they'd be like, hey, you know what? If we sold more of these X widgets, we'd make more money. But no, it's like I, I think I even wrote it in this article. They must get such a steep premium from the Walmarts, the Targets and the Walgreens that they're like, you know what? It's not worth selling more by ourselves, which to me still makes no sense because mm-hmm. I would think if. But OK. OK, forget selling more by yourselves. Why doesn't Walmart <laughs> right? have more? I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if, I will if say the point is Walmart. Oh, we can make a fortune and we want the exclusive to this. OK, here's. 400,000 of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go nuts because you're going to still get those scalpers who come in and buy them all up and there's still going to be more. And you know, the way to get rid of the scalpers is to have so such a glut right. of, of them out there that nobody needs. There is, to buy yeah, there's the no market. I mean, the, the only reason and they're still going to get sold. Exactly. <laughs> I, I dude, it's, I think the reason that they do these exclusives is because it, it causes less logistical problems for them and it's cheaper. So like instead of having instead of like you said they get they get some sort of payment from Walmart in order for Walmart to stock them and distribute them if they keep it they have to ship 50,000 units out themselves at their own cost because after $50 it's free shipping like, Oh that I get 
Yeah. Yeah. I get it from the so Hasbro that's probably Pulse why. I get yeah. it from the Hasbro Pulse angle, although you did charge me 50 bucks and I really have gotten shit for that. Um, <laughs> but from the Walmart angle, why are there just not more available? I mean, these are yeah, all that's the... mostly pre-orders too. So it's not like a matter of like, well, we've got to guess. How <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean. And like, the... <laughs> well, we only made 100,000. So, you know, like, no, you you could sell 400,000 and they're maybe they're being maybe they've been tooled they've got all the pieces they just haven't been run and painted and you can turn them turn around to the factory and say hey listen we need 200,000 more of these things because yeah, we just dude, sold I don't even I don't even think these are released until the fall okay. they, they could easily take the pre-order numbers and make them yeah yeah, yeah. and honestly like if they adopted the um the hot toys or even what mythic legions does is they just take orders for a month and then they produce to that amount of number plus plus whatever they think they right, can like sell. They'll, they'll, they'll do a little wait list and, and a little general yeah. inventory but that's it yeah they overextend it but like hot toys knows how many they're going to sell you know what i mean and yes you have to wait a little longer it might not be available in two months it might be four months or five months or six months but people get used to that dude mm -hmm. i mean hasbro pulse yeah. doesn't even ship new figures first like you can order from Hasbro no, Pulse oh, and, and no. you will get that right. wave quicker from another retailer. <laughs> it, it, people taking pictures and I'm like, I'm checking my Hasbro and it's processing. It's, and I'm like, Jesus I Christ, don't know. Man. It's just, it, it's, it's odd. And, and to Nick's point, yeah, I mean, there is business, but as someone that doesn't collect like, like we do, you should just, <laughs> you can almost feel the intensity of the hate of the community right oh, now no, for Hasbro. So why, why Hasbro may be saving some bucks by not having to deal with the exclusives. They're definitely burning a lot of fan bridges. And I think a lot of, I think a, a lot of the executives are probably like, yeah, well, they're just fanboys. They get upset for a day. They'll forget about and buy our next here's launch. The, here's the problem <laughs> is if there was, if there was legitimate competition for them in the marketplace for, for figures that are of a similar value and of a similar quality, then mm -hmm. they would have to meet the demand of the user. Now they don't. Like they mm -hmm. realize that we're the only ones, like we're the only one twelve scale at this price point that people can get that's that's legitimately licensed. And like everything else is either more expensive and, or, or is is not of the same style. Yeah, so they're like, we'll just or, you know, we'll let, the same we'll let assholes make a bunch of money off of our products on eBay instead yeah. of us making that money. <laughs> like they, if, if, if like if like if somebody else, like if another manufacturer got the license that was putting out 112 scale figures at the similar price point and there was like legitimate competition between Hasbro and them, then they would fucking it would be buttoned up. And here's what I'm thinking, like, yeah, the higher ups are probably, like you said, Nick, like, they don't care. You know what I mean? They're, they're yeah. not dealing with customer complaints. They're just, they, we, we made our money, you know, show me the numbers. This is what we're going to do. We did that. Great. Fine. Whatever. Move on. Um, I just don't know. Like even like the marketing people know this and like, I, I can't understand the reasoning because it's, it's like at one point I thought, well, maybe they're just creating demand to keep this whole steamroller going you know what i mean like oh i've got to get that one because it's exclusive and i can't it's hard to find and i don't want to miss this one so i'm going to get on it right away but like you said it's a constant thing now like you can't get any you can't get any of these gi joes you can't get these exclusives and like so you're not really building at this point you're not building excitement or some sort of exclusivity and chase in the 
in the thing for to, to keep the excitement going, you're pissing people off at this point. You know what I mean? And it's like I've yeah. seen so many G.I. Joe people who are just in G.I. Joe say, like, I'm just not I'm not going to collect the series. I just don't care anymore. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. And like like Matt, I mean, Star Wars fan, like we're both sitting here going like I, I'm kind of done with Black Series. Not even gonna. Yeah, I mean, I still have I still have a little bit of a mental sickness on those. I mean, I I, I think I need to go in and I need yeah, to recancel yeah. my uh, Rogue One reissues. I, I definitely have realized I don't need all those again. But this year in particular, my Black Series purchasing has declined uh, immensely. Now it doesn't help that I've just shifted the funds into more expensive shit, but. Uh, I, the, the Black Series line is falling out of favor for various reasons. One is just how much room they take up because I have so fucking many. And two, the experience mm-hmm. of, of buying them sucks now. I mean, if it's not a regular yeah. release that you can get anywhere, it's it's not even enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, I used to sometimes even like the hunt, even an online hunt. I'm like, okay, pre-orders are coming up. Let's hopefully I'll get in. And yeah, look, I got my order. And that, that was, you know, you, you kind of get that collecting yeah. high. But now it's just, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shit show. And yeah. let's go back to what they also announced, which was the, um, what do they call those? The, the, well, the reissue the, ones, um, right? The, the 50, uh, the, the yes, it's the power the, of the force card backs. So the, the red card backs from the night. No, 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 not those, not even those, the other ones, the ones with the black back are the reissues of the, oh, you know, archive where they did archive Revan. release. Like, yeah. Archives. Who is Darth Revan at this point? Like, who needs that figure? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you can get that figure anywhere now from the, the first release. Why don't you release the stuff that we couldn't get in the first place, you know, that was hard to find? You know what I mean? Another Leia? I mean, And, really? and they still have not uh, corrected her face. <laughs> they, they cannot get, they cannot get <laughs> yeah, a, a, a decent-looking Terry Fisher good. to save their lives. But, yeah, I guess that's our... Yeah, uh, our Hasbro bitch fest. I mean, I, it, the bitch fest continues even into uh, what they did last week with an exclusive TVC four pack, and that this was this awesome Bad uh, Batch yeah. inspired vintage collection four pack on on Amazon. And I know it was Amazon, and sometimes Amazon you can actually get in, and they give you more than a minute. But but this is another one. As soon as it it went live at one p.m. on on Amazon, it was gone. I mean, gone, just yep. temporarily unavailable, sold out. Notify me. And this, especially for the TVC crowd, this is a choice four pack. I mean, you get the Rex, you get an Elite uh, Stormtrooper, and then you're getting two clone captains from uh, the Bad Batch. And, and with the quality increase in the TVC, it's becoming quite a good looking line again. But another exclusive another one that's probably on ebay for four or five times the 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 60 retail price and it's just another hasbro exclusive um shit show as we like to call it here all right well the last little toy thing we want to talk about and this isn't bitching this is just kind of a psa and even though i've stopped collecting the pops whenever i see some cool looking star wars pops i will at least let people know they're out there and trevor may appreciate this but uh, we've got even more of what they're calling the concept style funko pops now and and we know these are Mm. these are ralph mccrory uh, concepts. Oh, yeah. You got Han Solo there, and in the two versions of, you got the stormtrooper, the lightsaber, and then you got a snowtrooper. 
Uh, but these are all standard, and if you're interested in these pops, we'd love for you to use Ooh, our you link. Yeah, see, mean, that man. is one I, I wanted for guys. sure. The Macquarie Pop Vader is fucking badass. That really is. Yeah, yeah. they're very so cool. So would you get the... That's really the only only pop I would own. I since think. since um, we can't a, a, afford uh, color here at the Star Wars Time Show, did you get the... Was it? Is that like an all-chrome <laughs> one and then the standard release? Yeah, the, the metallic yeah. metallic blue. I don't even know if there is yes. another one. Is there different? Are there different ones? Yeah, no, yeah I don't that know. is dope. I'm starting That's to really think cool. that. Nice. I mean, I guess they they did honor McCory's Vader helmet very closely to his original vision, but I think his is still his was still a little more angular. More angular, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, if I showed you the yeah the one that I use, well you can see it in the picture. That's the I one just, I used. I just look uh, at all his cool. his shelves behind them and. You know, what do you do? You do three figures max per shelf? I don't know. He's got the no, whole modal you, you nodes. See the, uh, yeah, you got the modal nodes back here. You see the bounty hunters are crammed. All you right, really good. Because that, I've actually had people give me shit that I, I try to put six hot toys in, in one Delot shelf here. Oh, I've got to rearrange so my return of the And Jedi it doesn't look like you do stands for everyone either, so that makes me feel good too. Only the ones that just don't stand well on their own. Um, well, th those I ones, I, I break their legs. I, I teach them lessons. I'm like, you, you fall over again, I'm going to snap <laughs> your fucking tibia. <laughs> so. yeah, for you. All right. So, uh, hey, Nick, it's about that hey, time. Wait, one, one second, though. Like, how about those Bad Batch Hot Toys, man? Those, I mean, I want this show to be good. Just <laughs> Yes. Well, maybe I want it to be bad so I don't have to collect them. I can't Well, I've, I, I mean... I think that Echo is one of the, the coolest looking hot toys I've ever seen. It really is. Uh, the Hunter I dig too, and I, I'm with you. I, I hope they do the whole set. I hope we get two versions of Crosshair. Uh, I definitely want the mm -hmm. whole set of Bad Batch 1-6 scale. And I think we talked last week and, and how they, they opted for the, the, the more live action version. It's probably because they didn't want to create any more Tamara sculpts to just, you know, can use the same one You're on right. every fucking figure and maybe shave his head. Well, they nailed that. Yeah. So like yeah, it's it's perfect, it. but no, I, I actually you just reminded me I got to use my my twenty five dollar off Star Wars item to get my Hunter pre order in, but yeah, I'm all over that, all over it, dude. I think the only the only new Star Wars one six scale that I have not pre ordered are the Stormtrooper Commander, the Mortar Trooper, and yeah, one that. of the the Tank Commander based on the Mandalorian. No. Not the tank commander, the I've white tank commander, but I got the green one on pre-order. But outside yeah. of that, I pretty much have the, the entire Mandalorian 1-6 scale wave ordered from season one and season two. And I blame <laughs> people like you, so I'm glad you think it's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I skipped a few of those. I skipped the troopers. Um, I got the death. I got the death and a remnant, but I, I didn't have any troopers, though. I'm sure you probably already had a stormtrooper and a, and a death trooper, right? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I'm playing yeah, yeah. catch up, my friend. I mean, I didn't start doing one six for about a year or two, so I, I got I got to play catch up. All right, so let's go ahead and, I and use that uh, coupon for the uh, Carbonite Han Solo from Sideshow, which I've been like, I don't want to spend this much money See, on that stupid I'm, thing, um, but I did. I don't know. I I, I love Sideshow's Mythos Obi One, but I feel like some of their other shit just misses the mark compared to Hot Toys sculpt in particular. Um, some Sideshow stuff. Except for Maul. Mall was really good. 
I'm a mall sucker. I know you hate a lot of the malls coming out from Hot Toys, but I, I got them all. I couldn't help myself. I got the Clone Wars one. I got Old Man Mall. I, mean, I just can't help it. I like Old Man Mall. Old Man Mall turned out yeah. pretty nice, but I know, I think on Clone Wars Mall, they decided to use Old Man Mall's head, and it does, doesn't does quite jive, right? Yeah, that. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> all right. It's about that time to transition to our final segment of the show, the segment that most of you tune in for, or at least tune out for, and that is the fan segment, (laughs) starting with our question of the week, which again, if you want to get involved, make sure you're paying attention to Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. That's our main platform, where typically Tuesday mornings, I will solicit you all for a question of the week, and depending on how not many people reply, you will typically see your response read on the show. After we do the uh, fan responses, we're going to get into the top five, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. So let me go ahead and switch the screens around here. Let's bring up the old Slack. Where the hell? I feel like I see Bastajan went off this week. He had a long one. Yeah, I'll I'll read his. Um, What the (laughs) hell happened to my, I guess I've never used the, uh, yeah, hold on. I got to do a little copy and paste real quick. I've... Oh, while yeah, we're uh, good. I, I can edit scenes while we're live. It's no 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 problem here. I just I have to paste in the the Slack uh, the Slack uh, what do you call it scene. Ooh, look at that window. I will yeah. paste a duplicate. So, All right, perfect. So while while Matt's doing it's already that, up. It's already I, up. I want to show you up. guys the. Uh, so my quest to support artists is continuing, <laughs> and as you all know, well, now you have to buy something uh, from Trevor. Last... He stayed on the show for three hours I at do. this I point. Buy... <laughs> I looked up Trevor. Here's your problem: your shop is not linked in your Instagram. I had to Google you, and I found it. So I know I got to get that shit straightened out. You can actually but, uh, buy through there, but it's a little. Clingy. This I'm going to see if I can. Let me turn off my background. So I got my print in from phase runner and this is not a star wars print this is a completely custom print and i gotta tell you guys that phase runner i mean he's a he's a he's a digital artist in photoshop i mean it is it's a it's a relatively wow. large image but it is beautiful who's this uh, huh that's gorgeous Which artist is this yeah this is phase runner oh, nice so this is like a like a digital manipulation that he made. And I just thought it was like I was going through his page and I saw like this is one of Beautiful. his original pieces. It was just it just stands out so much. I love the the like the almost like Blade Runner type yeah. of coloring that it I was has. Say, and it's like very the, Blade Runner. Yeah. And the cat with the girl. It'd probably look a lot better if we just, used color on our stream versus black and white. Yeah, you can't see the colors because <laughs> Don't worry, Trevor could see the color. I think your colors look great, color. man. You should go in color. Go to color. <laughs> Let's go to color. Let's go to no, color. Yeah, no. that blow something up. Sixty-five now. <laughs> so um, I got that piece in today from uh, right. from Phase Runner. So fantastic. So is that stuff. is that um, is that illustration over photography or is that com- complete illustration? Is that that's complete? So this is from what I could tell, like he's like. Phase Runner is a compositor. Like I, I, I'm sure that like so there's no photography in it, and I don't believe that there's illustration. So it's like it's completely made in Photoshop, and then composite like some other people like have some like you know I guess he's, so he's compositing in some other pieces. 
so he's illustrating the woman and everything and the cat and everything, or he's using like stock model or something like that. I manipulate? think it's, I think he uses stock stuff. Wow. Yeah, like he Probably. uses like stock images, but then he's able to like, oh. yeah, I, like it's, it's pretty cool. incredible. I don't like, I'd have to reach out to him to see if he actually does like draw anything yeah, and then we goes probably figure in that out like before we label what type of artist phase runner is. We're like, Oh yeah, he just fucking, he just yeah. finds shit on the internet and puts it together. <laughs> he, he, yeah. could be, he could very well be drawing <laughs> this shit out. Well, yeah, no, so not we, to mention we're breaking down an art piece yeah. that no one can see. So we probably should move on to the question yeah. of the week. We know, we, we, we know the uh, routine at this point in time, we've got a star Wars show in season. So the question is always going to be, what did you like about that last episode? In this case, we're talking about the Bad Batch and the one with the cowboy. So up first, I believe, is our friend, yes, the author, Darth Hideous, a.k.a. Star Wars Toy 73. Let me take a few deep breaths for this one because it is a book. All right. So last week we had the return of the king. This week we have the return of the Mac. Let me tell you, I don't see this coming either. And again, we read it as written. While we were still on Bracca and the remains of the Batch are coming to terms with how they make ends meet in this new world they find themselves in, the answer is right under their feet. Literally, the Batch have gone from spec ops to mercs and now to arms dealers. Modern problems require modern solutions, as they say. It was great seeing X-Hair, oh, I guess that's Crosshair, back as his edge lord self and using his knowledge of the Batch to put Minerviary them. Okay. Again, he shows his homicidal conditioning as he completely happy to incinerate the batch in the fucking ion engine of a Venator, but ultimately it blows up in his face. Literally, he takes a hot load in his eye. <laughs> then we get the cherry on top as we see Cad Bane. What a savage. For someone you're supposed to hate, I feel lots of love for this character. I'm glad they didn't kill him off. It would have been a waste, and he once again shows that he's the fastest gun in the galaxy by getting the drop on Hunter. Not killing him, mind you. Once again, this show proves it's not just filler. It brings all the drama and suspense you expect in 24-minute blocks, and I can't wait to see where this goes. Whew. I can't believe these people good. write this shit on Instagram, man. <laughs> That's insane. No, yeah, ba- Bastajan. This, hey, yeah, this like, is like a there's sometimes like this is one of our Australian fans. There, there's sometimes he gets up at like three in the morning to make sure that this is is in in the queue. So I, I see yeah. it. It's like an editorial. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I pre- I appreciate I, I appreciate and the dedication. We oh, yeah. I, we we literally had to tell him like he would write pages worth of stuff, <laughs> and we literally had to tell him like, man, yeah, you I, I was starting down. to it's essentially just, do do like little plays based on his his uh, responses. I remember that. I remember listening to some of <laughs> yeah. That. All right. Um, so we, up next, this is from yeah, young okay, young man. Liam here. I love the scene after Hunter yeah. was shot by Cad Bane. The perspective of the inside, the helmet, and the sound design of the scene was perfect for Hunter's reaction to being shot and his panic for Omega being captured true and i do believe that's one of the first times if not the first time that we got a first person perspective in star wars Uh, well i guess technically did we get a first person when anakin was in the pod racer and you see the two forks going through the desert oh yeah i guess that yeah there you go um through the binoculars though it wasn't i guess but it was like you were like 
cockpit. You like you were like lined up with the cockpit. Yeah, and you know, Trevor. Trevor's but getting technical now, but I, I, I'd give it to him. I'd, I'd give yeah, it to him, Alex. Scanning the landscape. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Up next, um, the stretch. The next clone trooper creation says the music and atmosphere of that one scene. You know, the one with the cowboy. Yeah, I mean, this is another one where like they they've done a really good job with music in this uh, series. Uh, and a lot of people have been recognizing it even in previous episodes, uh, like how the musical scores come in at the right times or like the way that their sound editing works and like, you know, pulling emotion. Yeah, from no, certain Kevin Kiner does stuff, a really so, yeah. good job. He's he's the um, uh, composer for the Bad Batch and, and the Clone Wars. He does a really good job kind of building upon what John has given him, and but also weaving in some new new composition. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Okay. Right. Next up, Star Wars. Black ah, one of my favorite clips. stop motion animators. Did you see what he did for us He's last so week? Cool. I'm glad I, I remembered mm-hmm. to put him up here because now it reminds me. He did a, yeah. a great little because he kind of likes to to do homages to what Robot Chicken did with with Star Wars and its stop motion, and he did a little skit with the Emperor. Uh, and essentially, the, 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 the at the end, he he gives us a shout out because Palpatine's like he he's 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 posting a picture of Vader, but he's typing on the phone and you hear him go blah, 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 hashtag Star Wars Time Show blah, 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 hashtag. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Star Wars Black Series clips. You know how to stroke my Black ego. Series I love clips, you. <laughs> it's it's literally like robot chicken. It's great. Like quality just super high quality. he's gotten I'll, I'll tell you what I, I believe he took up the hobby during the lockdown last year but uh i think he does it with his family or maybe his son daughter i don't know but he's gotten really damn good at smooth looking yeah. star wars stop motion uh so check him out at, at sw underscore black underscore series underscore clips but he said hard to beat the return of cad bane in this episode i've been hoping to see his return in one of the disney plus shows and glad we got it earlier than later with bad batch 100 percent agree good and then good last but not and least then eku glory <laughs> just says cad well i know this guy and let's just say he's not the deepest of thinkers Okay, <laughs> so there we go. That's the most that you can put together. Cad, yeah, good, good for you, Smith. Way to go, buddy. All right, so let's go ahead and switch things up one more time on the screen here. Bada bing, bada boom. We are back. That's right. It is time for the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. As we usually do, I do a, you know a little bit of an explainer here, just in case we have any new listeners, which I think we do. This uh. I'm not seeing I think this is Joey Dahl's first time. We appreciate uh, you listening here, Joey, as well as leaving some comments in the chat. We like that interaction. Uh, but the, the the way this top five goes down. So on Instagram, make sure you're following at Star Wars Time Show. And anytime you share something Star Wars related, especially if it is artistic, uh, be it the toy photography like at one six shooter or the real ass paint like at Super Scoundrel. Speaking of which, congrats to Super Scoundrel. I don't know uh, if anyone else follows him, but it looks like he, he worked with uh, the governor. He worked with Schwarzenegger to yeah. design something based on um, 
Arnold's uh, Conan character. Some of his apparel. Yeah, line. it's pretty yeah, pretty like sweet his... looking. I don't know if they're like gym shirts or, but it's it, it, it's a play on Conan the Barbarian, which Arnold played many many years ago. Yeah. Uh, but kudos to Devin for for landing that deal. That's pretty awesome. Uh, but anyways, yeah. if if you're in the real ass paint like Devin or tattoos or cosplay, whatever, make sure you're following at Star Wars Time Show. You don't even really have to to get in in the fun. What you do have to do though is tag at Star Wars Time Show and hopefully also use hashtag Star Wars Time Show. Um, and yes, if you're lucky enough, my dumb ass will look through those tags every day and I typically share 12 a day. You can go look at today's shares. They were done earlier this morning. And at the end of the week, Nick will go through seven days of 12 shots a day and pick his favorite five which we will then talk about on the show so that is where we're at now hopefully you're caught up because we just did our previously on the star wars time show for you so anyways nick yes let's let them have it who are the top five for the week of june 14th to june 21st 2021 okay trevor do you have the post pulled up are you along with us i can see it yep okay Good stuff. So the first one up for this week is Captain Icky underscore BBT. And he has a, a really awesome Kylo shot. This is this looks like Tross Kylo because you can kind of see some cracks in his mask there a little bit. So it's like Tross Kylo with his lightsaber ignited, kind of staring into a snow ridden sky and like wringing his hands. Uh, it almost looks like he's on what was the planet uh what's the planet on in tross where him and ray got into the like the scuffle through the force mm-hmm. i can't remember yeah, i forget it. because no but, one cares uh, about tross right well, now it was star killing yes so no not 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 it's the one where they found oh, um, tross. oh tross uh yeah, it's yeah. one where they found babu yeah. frick it's, yeah, the one and where what's her name? was. I can't remember the name of the planet. And this is th- this goes um, anyway, to show you that I, I have some issues with trust because typically my stupid brain memorizes all this useless information about Star Wars films, but I, I just I have no yeah. clue. I don't even remember yeah. what I don't even yeah. remember what's her oh Zori Bliss. Kijimi. There you go. Yeah. Hey, Star Wars time show. We know our Star Wars. <laughs> Kijimi, yes. So it looks like he may be on Kijimi here, but I don't know. I just thought that the shot was really good. It evokes like a sense of emotion from Kylo because you know that he's an emotional guy. And I just I just like the posing of it and the whipping. Like you get to see the cape whipping in the wind. It's got, almost. It's got like a little bit of to be or not to be to the pose. Uh, to, to me, yeah, though, I and I don't know what, what Trevor, will th- Trevor will think. You know, he's the pro. But to me, it was it was the light. I, I like the 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 uh, overhead light and how that kind of accentuates mm-hmm, exactly. Kylo's head and and it really the the entire pose. But also having that the the red light back there to kind of mimic what the the, the lightsaber would be doing. And it's just I don't know. I, I I typically you know me I like I like the more static looking shots. I love the crazy stuff too and the highly detailed dios. Uh, but I always like a shot that just kind of stands out for featuring a portrait of the character and. I, I felt like this was a good, yeah. clean, crisp, well-lit shot of Mr. Wren. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, I agree with you on the light. And I was just trying to pull it up on your uh, feed so that I could get a closer look at it. But um, he is looking up there because I did see this when you posted it. And 
that overhead light like that is always very evokes sort of a, I mean, for, you know, lack of a better term, a heavenly feel, you know what I mean? He's almost looking up towards for some sort of guidance. It's, it kind of, it really shows the character off really well. You know, like you said, he's got that red glow behind him that still, there's still that little bit of evil in him, but he's still looking to be good. Yeah. It's it's almost like he's asking, you know, is he asking his real dad? Is he asking his granddad? But like, help me, you know, help me father, help me Mm -hmm. grandfather. Like I'm being torn again. I'm being pulled between both sides. Yeah. Uh, So it does. And it's nice framing with the rock behind it. It got all, all the the lines kind of bring you into the character. It's, it's a, um, the rule of thirds was applied here. This is capped Ficky underscore BBT. So C-A-P-T-F-I-Q-I underscore BBT. And I believe he actually is a real captain that flies for, I think, like Malaysian Airlines or something like that. Like I said, That's I, I uh, indirectly start to learn a lot about you toy photographers be through the star Wars time show and the top five, because I, I'm, I'm seeing your work every morning, every week, every month, every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I guess you could say I'm a creep. I kind of creep on people and know what yeah. they're up to. Yep. All right. Thank you for the shot. Well done at capped Ficky underscore BBT. Follow him on Instagram. Next up is a great You, you did it again here, Red Nick. This is a first boys. and first. You seem to do this every week now, but this is a first and first, which means um, at Red Five Toys was featured for the first time by myself last week on our Instagram. And then within that first feature, Nick chose him for a top five. So yeah, we almost I need mean, to develop a, a medal for of- that, that we won't send to anybody, but we'll at least say we have a medal for a first and first on the Star Wars time show. Yeah, it's always nice to be able to do that. But this shot is of Rex, Captain Rex, running down a corridor of some sort. I can't really tell, like, the, the wall. Oh, I, I know like what that is. That's that, I, that fucking ubiquitous Nova Rivel nonsense that a uh, lot of people use. Yeah, okay. Some, that's some killer. Yeah, I, I built it once, uh, uh, Nick and Trevor. It has not been <laughs> disassembled since. I Whatever whatever yeah. build I made for my uh, ubiquitous, that's that's how it stays. Because like Trevor muttered, it yeah. is the thumb blaster. Yeah. yeah. So what we see here is Captain Rex running down a hallway, gun drawn, got some nice kind of atmospheric smoke leaking up through the bottom of the floor. And then also you see some, uh, some Boca happening there. So he's in the middle of some sort of battle. He's either running to or away from, uh, I just thought it was a, it was a cool little action shot here. Uh, with Rex, Rex I mean, Rex focus. always looks good. He is one of the best, better looking black series figures. I mean, he, he has such an iconic helmet, especially with his own little paint additions there. Uh, and it is. I mean, it, 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 it's a good run pose. The focus is on the characters. There's really nothing going on in the in, in the background. You got again, nice overhead light, kind of spotlighting where your your eyes should be going. Uh, and I, I'm mm-hmm. thinking. Yeah. I think the smoke might be practical, but the uh, particles probably are post. You never know. But that that's my take here. Uh, it's hard to tell there. Yeah, you might be right, but. Yeah, all the lines converging towards the head. The head is the, you know, the brightest point, uh, point of contrast in, in the shot. So that's good. That's where your eye goes. And uh, it's a really cool use of the ubiquitous, you know, to, to just kind of line them up as walls on either side. 
Uh, I guess he's got it on the bottom too, though. Um, that must have hurt. Yeah, I mean, dude, Nick, this thing is—it's just uh, maybe you know. It's painful. I, I, it's I just so don't painful. have the patience for it. Uh, someone that uses this really well is is visual approach. Um, he'll like put mm-hmm. his on top of space walls and almost turn it into a a roof of sorts. Well, yeah, I mean, visual approach. There, it was him and 97 parsecs that almost made the top five this week, but I was like, I put them in so many times recently. <laughs> you were deciding to be generous. I, just, I can't yeah. do it again. I was, I was like, we got to get some other people in here. But yeah, I mean, this is a fun shot. I, I mean, everybody loves Rex. So, uh, and I think that Red 5. Yeah, Red, Red 5 is like brand new. So make sure, um, check him out on, on the journey here or, or yes. them. He only has uh, seven posts for Red 5 Toys. I believe that his he has a, a, another page, but the Red 5 Toys is his Star right. Wars it, it, only From what account. it looked like to me, it, they were doing toy photography, and it seems now they want something a little more dedicated to Star Wars, so they, they branched yeah. into another account. That's where yeah. we're at. See, that's only cool that you guys... Followers. That's cool that you guys did that, though, because that's like when you start out, like I, I when I started out, I think it was like my probably my eighth or ninth shot or something like that. I got on to top toy photography, you know, top toy photography or something, one of the aggregate things. And it just like it was like, you know, it makes your week, man. You know what I mean? It's like no, so I'm cool not going to lie, like, you, right. uh, you know, kind of peeling the curtains back a bit. We've been doing this for shit, Nick. It's going to be three years in November. Three years just on right, Star just Wars just time Star show. Wars there time, but that that's three, also over three three. That's years when I that. you know I kind of made the decision to help have the yeah. toy community help get spread the word about Star Wars time show by spreading the word about them. So if if you think about it, I have been every morning, and in these days it takes almost an hour. Every morning I go through the Star Wars time show hashtag and tags and look at and curate art to feature on our account that Nick then picks as a top five. Three years into that, there are days when I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Why <laughs> am I, you know, sharing all these other people's shots? I could be using the time to make the show better, to do more promo for the show, like a, a promo pick for Trevor coming on the show. But no, every, every morning, even on fucking vacation, my friends, I am going through the hashtag Star Wars Time Show in the tags of the account to curate uh, pictures to share. But what Trevor said right there about his experience is why I keep doing it. Because I know, as as lame as it may sound to people outside of the community, but getting your shot featured on a bigger page that has more exposure and is dedicated to toy photography does make you smile and is as much as i hate humans and as angry as i may come off i do take pleasure in the fact knowing that the simple act of re-sharing someone's toy photography can make their day that's what kind of keeps me doing it that's why i like doing it for uh the, the show yes it has helped us build a little bit of an audience i understand the give and take between accounts that feature versus just create their own content. I mean, I'm never going to say we're a full feature account because I put out video content. I put out the show. We put out posts, but I understand the dynamic between what we're doing, but it really is. It's just knowing that the fact that someone seeing their shot show up on star Wars time show will make them smile or may make their shitty morning a bit better. And we get it. I know Nick doesn't really 
dive into the Instagram, but there's not a day that goes by where we're not getting a DM like, Hey, thanks. That really made my day. I always love when you guys do this. I was needing something to pick me up. So that's why I continue to toil for all of you Star Wars artists out there. Even though you motherfuckers don't do anything in return for the Star Wars time show, like rating and reviews. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to give Trevor some props here. He is responsible for getting Joey Dahl subscribed to the show and watching the whole thing. That's all we're looking for. So kudos. It's not about... It's not about reciprocation. <laughs> I know. I just. I, I, Have you ever listened to the end I, of the I like show? To, but we're kill you to watch. <laughs> I, I like. I, I like. You oh, know. Man. I like tweaking people's titties on this show. But anyways, yeah. So I do. I, I do do it because I know it makes other Star Wars fans and artists um, feel good, and you know, it gets eyes and ears on the show. And sometimes people are dumb enough to stick around after they've listened to us pump, you know, kind of pump up their head on the top five. So, you know, it, it all works out. It all works out in the end. So that is at Red Five Toys, a first and first. Make sure to check them out. And this next one here is from uh, one of our one of our uh, favorite artists, right? This. She's one of my favorite. This is at Jailer Doodles. Uh, she is literally, I don't know if, if Jailer works for Disney. If she doesn't, she should. But what she has is a is a portrait that she made herself of Omega from uh, episode, this would be episode seven of the Bad Batch when she, you know, well, it might be six, when she first gets her light bow and she's training with her light bow. I mean, so with like, taking omega drawing her in jailer style she looks like just like a badass disney warrior princess um i i love her Very use cool. of color i love her use of, of post-processing effects to to make the light beams on the on the bowstring like she's she's another one that like it just every time i see a piece from jailer it just fucking blows my mind because of how talented of an art like a a real ass painter like an illustrator <laughs> that she is it's just it, it it's incredible no i i mean yeah. again it, and she's another one that always is like hey you guys are awesome thank you but no you are awesome at jailer doodles we are just two idiots that can you know repost something to instagram you're the one with the talent but like nick said i, I know we just had one of her pieces on recently but i'm going to go out to her full page and you can kind of get uh the entire scope like look at this little crossover here you got hera and tali from mass effect working on like yeah. a, a car engine which i just think is brilliant because you know they're both kind of technical yeah. women um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, look at look at her art. I mean, look at the uh, the Ahsoka surfing with Morai. He got Ahsoka in a bikini there catching yeah. a wave. But as Nick said, she definitely oh, look at this Bad Batch poster done in the style of and uh, of uh, yeah, Last, Last of, of Us. Us. Jesus, I mean, just, it's just wonderful yeah. ideas. She oh, this is the one we had her on the last time. Uh, her slave Leia. Just an amazing yeah. like you could see this slave Leia in you know the, like the Lion King. That's what yeah. that's what her style looks like. Yeah, I was just gonna say. That, I mean, it, it it's almost it almost makes me want to see um, something like this in a Disney style for Star Wars. You know, like a yeah. true true Disney classic animation style for Star Wars. I would love to see that. I would love yeah. to see that. Yeah, I mean, I, who knows? Maybe a, well. maybe one of the Visions artists will will adopt a style like this. But it is. I mean, it's, I think mm -hmm. the Disney style, the animated style. 
uh, does work quite well for Star Wars. She also has it in here for some Marvel stuff. Uh, but just mm-hmm. she's got a great grasp of anatomy. Like it's it, that's that's the key to that stuff. You know what I mean? Because you have to exaggerate a little bit, and the bodies aren't exactly you know perfectly anatomically correct, and yet you have to get them to look, you know, like they're actually you know, moving the way, you know what I mean? Like there's some exaggeration in the limbs and things like that, but like the arms on Leia there, like they're obviously too long, but it works. It's, it's, it's like a little bit of a balance between character and reality. reality, I mean, for, for, like I said, someone that can't draw straight lines or circles, I I still look at people like jailer or super scoundrel, uh, the, the rest of you out there, sorry that I'm missing you. It just it doesn't make sense to me. Like Vincent, when we were talking to Vincent, who does yeah, this professionally for movies, that that this shit comes out of people's fingertips. It's not yeah. right. Okay. Well, it's, it's it's insane to me. Like if you scroll down a little bit, she did one of into the Spider Verse. You can't tell the difference between that and the actual yeah, like a movie. clip. Yeah. No, I just, I mean, I don't yeah. know, man. I, I still feel insane. like all real ass painters, artists have made some sort of deal with something, <laughs> some entity out there, some sort of uh, soul selling, some sort of compromise. But I, th- I think it's worth yeah. it in the end. If, if you can literally render this stuff <laughs> with your digits, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I just I start repeating yeah. myself when we talk about real ass paint. Uh, I know, I, I know, I love a, it. A replay on the get a replay on the Star Wars time show for an eternity in hell. That's totally <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's worth right. It. Yeah, you just have to listen it. to the top five segment over and over and over again. All right, moving on. Up <laughs> next, we have next uh, what up, we got, Nick at at platform three twenty seven, and this is a shot of the cowboy himself. This is a shot of Cad Bane calling back to his resurgence on the Bad Batch episode. And it looks like he may just be walking through the deserts of Tatooine. He could be somewhere in the galaxy where there's no civilization around him. But just like I love. Oh, he even got a stogie in him. Like Platform 327 even grafted a stogie into Cad Bane here. To, to really give him say, the like, uh, the really give him like the Clint the Eastwood look. I mean, he's got the poncho, he's got the hat, he's got a stogue in there. Um, I've I've become a big fan of of at platform underscore three two seven because uh, they they typically shoot outdoors, natural light, and then you know mix in some some atmosphere. And a lot of times that's just a a choice setup. Um, I love the dynamic shots that some of the community creates with the crazy dioramas they build, the walls they craft out of fucking styrofoam. Uh, but I think just because I started shooting outdoors because I didn't know any better, I'm always going to be drawn to natural outdoor or natu- naturally lit outdoor shots. And um, Platform yeah. 327 definitely excels at that that style. Do yeah. we uh, do we know where he comes from? Uh, like let's where he lives? It looks see like, if it's like out Colorado or what is it? No, he does not say in his. It bio. does not. But I, I think you, you might be on to something because either this is their backyard or they, they go somewhere. But it does look like that, you know, kind of mountainous, craggy type of locations. I'd say he's got a great locations for for this stuff because you can, you know, you can really outdoor photography is tough because you've always got stuff that's out of scale. Correct. And you've got to work around that. But like, like when you got a lot of sand and rocks and like little bits of grass to come out in the background. It's great. Yep. Great stuff. Yeah. I just thought that this was like, it almost, it like captures the essence of Cad Bane 
as a character really well. Um, and it really does fit his like his oh, yeah. Star I mean, that's, Wars aesthetic. That's as gunslinger like his, as it gets. I mean, like a, this could be a yeah. direct nod to Clint Eastwood in that poster where he's got a yeah. stogie and his head's tipped down a little bit, and he's it kind of has that poncho going on. But no, no, that, that yeah, that's so a primo that primo good. CAD shot from at platform underscore three two seven. Um, give him a check. Beautiful, they, a fairly new account too. I believe they um, just hit a thousand a few weeks ago. And yeah, I, I yeah, think, think they're twelve. We can take credit for that. Just like uh, Super Scoundrels <laughs> meteoric rise. That was also due to the Star Wars time show. Yeah, all, all Star isn't Wars it, time show. Isn't it amazing, Matt? Like you being a toy photographer as well. Like how much great stuff is coming out of people who just are jumping in and starting out and have like you know a couple dozen shots and you're like shit man it took me like a year I, it, to get to that this is point. funny and, like, but i jumping in. i still feel like and, and correct me if i'm wrong but don't you feel like it, it just like this whole art form at least came into the public spotlight around 2015 2016 right like that that seems when yeah. People are like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm tired of hiding this stuff from people. I'm going to start throwing it on Instagram and see what happens. And and now it's it's exploded. And like you said, I mean, is it, you know, are these new people, do they just have more reference material because there's that much more toy photography out there? Great toy photography. Yeah. Um, or, or is it a combination of having that reference, but also having some skills already? You know, you know, some of these people may have been shooting other types of um, mm-hmm. of, of items, True. but yeah, you don't know where they're coming from, but I think there is a lot of reference and like, you know, the, the behind the scenes stuff, which when I came on to it, there wasn't many right. people doing, no, I, I, I think you're, I think you definitely hit on something there and, and you know what? Good for these, these new accounts. Cause they are exploding. They, they seem yeah. to get in favor with the algo 97 parsecs photography is one that comes to mind. I believe within one year went yeah. from zero to 10,000 so, in like nine months. Um, and, and that's yeah. a, again, that's a result of his dedication and quality. I mean, those shots are pretty intense setups. They look great. Uh, regular posting. It really is these days. If you want to get a following going and you don't want to be buried by the algo, A, you have to produce great looking shit. All right. I know a lot of us like to blame the algorithm, why we're not getting the likes we think we should. And yeah, that plays into it apart. But but typically, and I've gotten better at it, I realize I'm not putting out some of the quality that other people do. And I, I probably get the, the likes I should. But it really is. If you're a regular poster and you're putting up content that is high quality and improves month in and month out, you will build a following. You will eventually go viral. You will get to the five, you know, figure level followers or like a, a plastic action into the six figure followers. Uh, but it really is. It, it comes down to being dedicated to the cause. IG will punish you if you do not post on a regular basis. Like we said last week, I, I yes, am losing I bot followers because of my lack of access. It's emailing me, hey, <laughs> did you forget how to sign in? It knows I'm dead and it treats my account that way. But if you post regularly and you're posting quality work, it will happen. It will happen. Because uh, I was one of these people leading the charge thinking that, you know, my work should have been getting more than it should have. And it, you know what? With some hindsight now, it shouldn't have. I wasn't really doing anything no, that great. Uh, it, it, the, the three to five hundred likes is work. about where I think uh, my skills land. And that's OK. That is OK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's at platform three, two, seven on IG. Thank you for the share. And moving on to the final member of the top five this week. This is 
at Star Wars Collection 2021, and he's got a pretty cool-looking Boba Fett in the middle of the desert kind of sandstorm shot here. Like, there's some small little issues with it for sure that I can see, but I think that, like, the pose is good. I think that, like, what he's going for in terms of his shot composition is pretty good, and um, I think it's, like, a really uh, good representation yeah, this, this of, is like, a, Neo Boba. This is another first and first, by the way. Yeah. If you look at his page too, it's interesting what he does. Like collection, like Star Wars Collection 2021, basically picks one setup and then takes pictures of multiple figures in front of it. So he's got like he's a new account, 171 followers, but because of like this method that he does, he has 114 posts already. So he's just like using. He's the, got a shitload of kick-ass figures people. too, like like big scale figures. I mean, yeah. clearly a a one six scale collector. I mean, he's got the. The Hoth Luke. He's got a Hoth Han. I didn't even know they had a Hoth Han. He's got that Cad Bane clone trooper. He's got all sorts of custom clones. I don't know. Trevor may know more than me. Or that did they make a lot of these clones back in the day in the one six scale, or a lot of these custom aftermarkets? Uh, I can't see what you're talking. But I mean, Sideshow made a oh, lot. Yeah, of it's Sideshow then because yeah, they they yeah. pretty much yeah. All of his shots are tagged hashtag Sideshow collectibles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah basically like every shot. Clones, yeah. Yeah. Got, you got some hot toys in there too. But yeah, I mean, basically his account just started four weeks ago. And because of mm-hmm. this method that he uses where he basically has one setup and he just like plugs in different figures into it, he's already got 114 posts, uh, which is pretty incredible amount over four weeks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of them come out okay. Some of them come out you know, need a little bit of work, but I thought that this Boba Fett shot was really cool. I like the pose. I like the, the environment that he put him in. Uh, there's a little bit of overlap with the blur on his weapon and some other, like some other places on his, uh, on his body. But I think overall it was a pretty majestic looking shot. The old mythos Boba there. He's got, you know, he's got his little rags on him. Yeah. I would say like, I really like the, I really like the tone. It almost gives me, at least in this series that I could see quickly that you showed, um, it's almost like a watercolory painted tone, which is really, really nice. It's a little muted, um, and yeah. the light is nice. If anything, I would say it'll just lay off the the effects. Like I think that sand is is photoshopped in and stuff like that. And I yeah. think le- less is more maybe with that. Um, cause then you'd avoid things. Like I think he maybe got the, the tip of the gun blurred a little bit when he was doing something like that or, um, but man, I mean, just overall, like it's good composition. Yes. It's a centered shot. Um, but it's a good pose. The hand is a little wonky holding the gun, but I love the tone. The tone is, is great. And, and, uh, and yeah. some of the other shots that you had in this environment looked equally as cool. So if you could work on this and get this this look without some of the extraneous stuff, I think it's it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, big fan. So that's the end of the top five for this week. So Matt, take us to the oh, end of the show. I will gladly do it because uh, I think by the time I'm done expelling my hot air, we will have hit the four-hour mark with our good friend at 1-6 Shooter. So sorry about that, Trevor. And you didn't go to the bathroom. I did it. I, I, um, that was impressive. Maybe I am wearing those adult diapers after all. You will never know. <laughs> um, but no, I actually am, am probably going to piss myself if I don't close out quite quickly because uh, I'm I'm doing one of those. I, I don't know how females deal with it, but guys, when you got to go one and 
too. You have to like fight which muscle to hold more. So I've been like letting out little bits of gas while trying to hold my urine still in my <laughs> prostate. So let's wrap up E167, which we started with the great at one six shooter. We talked to him about all things Star Wars, talked a little toy photography because you know what? You guys get that on other shows. We wanted to learn about Trevor's Star Wars past, his passions, and what he thinks about the, the current slate of Star Wars projects. So we started with Trevor, then we moved into our Bad Batch breakdown with a bunch of other ancillary stuff to talk about Bad Batch, some speculation. Will we see the Cad and Boba duel? Will we see Cad and Boba interact again? Who knows? Maybe it'll be finished in the Book of Boba. Either way, we talk some Star Wars and it's time to get the fuck out of here. So let's head on over to StarWarsTime.net. That's right, my friends. That is the home base of the Star Wars Time show. If you ever want to get a preview of the content we may be flapping our gums about, you will find it on StarWarsTime.net. But more importantly, that is, you know, it's like our jump off point. If you're sitting here going, hey, those guys didn't suck too bad. I might want to subscribe to their show on a podcast platform. Well, you know what? StarWarsTime.net will have all of those links for you to jump out to. Apple Podcasts, sign up. If you do so, rate and review. We'd really love to get that type of interaction from you. We also can get you over to YouTube from StarWarsTime.net right here. Subscribe. Guess what? I have it set up so as soon as you click on the subscribe button, it's going to subscribe you. You don't even have to click twice to sub to the Star Wars Time show on YouTube. Just don't forget to click notifications so you get the little app pop up when we release content on the tube. Hit that like. Exactly. What he said. Like, comments, pass it around. Think of it like the clap, right? You want to give it to your best friend. Share it. Share the Star Wars Time Show like a STD. Maybe I think this may be your problem. Maybe give it to an enemy. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Likening the show to an STD. Hey, like, again, you know. we, we're, you're never going to get a normal, sterile Star Wars nerd cast on the Star Wars Time Show. <laughs> I am not normal, and you are going to get some of that play out on the show itself. I can't control it. It's unscripted. That's how we do it. But we know there's always time for Star Wars Time. And if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show... The Force will be with you. Always. Always.